It's the next level. Warning. The following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to DC Primetime, episode 199, coming from you at the Next Level Network. I am one of your hosts, Rob Martin, throwing you all off <laughs> yet again, um, because I'm not the normal voice you hear bringing us into this show. It's not that Ben's not here, it's just I was really pushy about making sure that I was a host this week. Yeah, and that's fine. I mean, you know, it's <laughs> you, you just it's 199 issues we've done of this. You've done it once or twice before. Right. And, you know, I figured... Well, you know, crisis was a good time to to shake things up. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Shaking things up is is what we do. But you know what? I, I will say um, the only reason I really kind of wanted to do this was just for honestly, just for fun. Yeah, it's because <laughs> you and I don't get to do this in person too often, and I'm in control of everything. <laughs> yes. I have all the power. You have, have the power to mute have, me if you would like. I have the mixing board. I have the PC. Everything, and it's also at about one. Oh no, it's one exactly one a.m. now. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. as we record this, but you and I were just coming off of my holiday party, so. Yep. We thought, you know what, this is what a the really hell? Good, it's a good opportunity for us being the last two people standing. We should probably record this one in person. Yeah. Not just because it's Christmas and Infinite Earths, but because of something else. So Do we want to talk about that now or do we wanna because I mean you like you said, we're gonna this is we're, we're, this episode's going to be treated a little differently because right. we're, we're talking about Christ on Infinite Earths. We're not going to talk about news. No, not really. Because um, all the news that we got was Crisis and everything. Hey, wait, wait, wait. There was news. Shazam 2020. Done. We're finished with the news. We got the news out of the way. That's right. Hey, we're and, good. And we found out, I think, Shazam 2 is opening six weeks after Black Adam. I, I think that might be yeah. the case. So I, that's really only... But, but you know what? We can't get it out of the way because you know what? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter at all anymore. Well, um, I I, I want to say like again, we're going to treat this a little bit differently. Right? Is yeah. usually we we give each of the the episodes a breakdown. Uh, you know, we give a rating of each episode. We break the episodes down. We don't really need to do that because this is a crossover. We're going to treat all three of these pretty much as one. One one kind of as one thing. Like, think of it yeah. as uh, this is a three hour long movie essentially, and uh, again well, two and a half, two and a half, yeah. Adding commercial timing in, but yeah. essentially, yeah, we're we're talking about a two and a half hour long film. Yep. We're so. going to talk about Crisis parts one, two, and three as a whole. Uh, some of our favorite moments, if there was anything we didn't like, things like that. Uh, we have some feedback from some of the listeners, which is pretty cool. We haven't really, we've never really done that before, and uh, you know this 
this many episodes, we've never done this. We figured it was a cool thing to try, and we got two or three voicemails that we're going to play, which we, you and I haven't even heard yet at this point. Yeah. Uh, so we're, hopefully... We're, we're going to do that kind of like intercutting. We're going to pause the episode so we can listen to them as the conversation happens. Yep. So we're going to give our viewpoints on episodes one through three of Crisis on Infinite Earths. And you're going to hear them. As listeners, right, you're going right. to hear... We're, we're going to cut them in, so, right. so we're pausing on our end. You're, you're, you're gonna, responding. You're going to get to hear to what we're responding to yes exactly. Um, but what's different about this is and i guess it is fine to talk about because um a lot of you guys have been with us for a long time we've been doing this for a little over four years right. so yep um actually this ends four years because yeah. we're talking about december we're, we're december of 2019 um we started this podcast in i don't remember at this point <laughs> it, it was it um, I think Supergirl was just going into season two. Well, no, Supergirl was season one, episode nine. Okay, uh, is is when we picked. So up yeah, the show. so it was right around December it, of the year that right. we started. Um, because so we were entering in the very first season, and where we started was episode one of uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Yes, it is where we began this this, yep. this experiment. Mm-hmm. And that's the best way I can put it, too. And Legends is about to enter season five. So, um, And to give you guys a little bit of discussion on this, because I feel like it's kind of worthwhile to bring it up. Um, ben and I, to for those of you that don't know us well, um, Ben and I have met each other through our good friend Amanda mm-hmm. and her birthday party. And then that's when... In New were, York City, which and, was yeah, a blast. And, well, she was living in upstate Jersey at that time, mm-hmm. uh, right across the river from the city of NYC. And... Ben and I didn't know each other at all, and we were at, you know, Amanda and our friend Chris's um, apartment at that time, and at that time when we started talking, and it's like, oh my god, you podcast, and Ben at that time was doing the Showcast Spotlight Mm -hmm. um, at that time, and I was doing uh, the Captain Crew cast of Pod still, and, you know, Ben still has his show going into some capacity, but the network is still going strong. Caffeine Crew is still going on right now as well, um, and both of those shows have changed dramatically in the last four years since this show has happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we met each other, it was kind of like there was this friendship that clicked immediately. Yep. And we said, we have to do something together. And I was kind of like, Ben, we should do a podcast. And he's like, what is it going to be about? Yeah. Okay, what do we want a podcast about? And But like, you know what, like... It was him and I made this constant statements to each other all night long. We should do a show. We should do a show. We had no idea. And that was me like three months later after that fateful night saying like, we should do a podcast. Come on. When are we going to finally do the thing? And it was me not being like relenting on that statement of like, we should do, even if it's a one-off, whatever. And you agreed. Like, like fine. You know what? Let's just go for it. And you and I kept speaking and we became friends during that time. And Legends of Tomorrow was about to start. And we said, you know what? This is perfect. We were, we were already watching the Arrowverse shows at the time. Legends was supposed was right. getting ready to start. It was a good jumping on point to start a DC podcast. And that's, right. that's what we did. And then it, the funny thing about that, too, was, you know, Arrow was around. Flash was around. Supergirl was around. And Legends was starting. And little did we know that as big as the Arrowverse was already at that time, how much bigger the Arrowverse was still yet well, to grow. I mean, even if it's only by one show, I mean, and if you think about it, like we started when a fourth show was about to begin. Mm-hmm. 
man, things are about to change. We've like, got, you know, Black Lightning has come about since we started. Uh, Batwoman has recently started since we've been doing this podcast. Stargirl. Stargirl right is, is coming up. Uh, DC Universe is launched with Titans and Doom Patrol and... Um, you know, Harley Quinn, there's so Young much. Justice has come back out of yeah. nowhere. And then all of a sudden, Arrow is about to end, and Green Arrow and the Black Canaries is about to start. Yeah. And I said it right that time. You did. Uh, <laughs> it's right. You did. Just to make sure I get that point across, <laughs> I said it correctly yes. for a change. Um, but yeah, no, like, it's crazy. Like, all these things have changed, and it's gone from these three little shows on the CW to. This massive family that has spawned what we're what we're going to start talking about, and I mean, and I and I want to say too that including that, like while while both of us haven't had the same experiences, the you know the coolest thing about doing this DC podcast is, you know, in some together and in some individually, we've had our own in opportunities to interact with some of the people that are in this universe. You know, like I've had the opportunity to moderate. Just go for it. <laughs> <laughs> we're in the same room so it's gonna happen um you know i've had the opportunity to moderate for people like Stephen amell david ramsey you know we've had john wesley ship on the podcast a number of times teddy sears david harewood tom welling like we've had a great opportunity because of this podcast right. to interact with a lot of these people and hopefully you know i, I, I don't want to say any more to that fact but you know, these have been great experiences that we've been able to share as fellow podcasters right. because of this. And not even that, though, but like the show has allowed you to go to things like Heroes and Villains and be a moderator for it feels like probably about half of the cast I, at this point. Well, I actually, all of it's these funny. Shows. I, I watched in this season eight of Arrow, watching season eight. There's not a cast member of this current season I have not been on stage with. Right. You know, um, um, Katie Cassidy, you know, obviously Steven, David, Rick Gonzalez. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's I've had great opportunities to, to meet and interact there, with all of there's them. There's more people on screen that you haven't spoken to on the Next Level Network in some way, shape, or mm -hmm. form. And honestly, like, that's a great testament to what you've done. And I appreciate honestly, that. like, you've done it with grace, and you've been an amazing co-host to do that with share our opinions, feelings, all of these things that we've gone through in the last four years. And I, and I don't want this to become a total sap fest too, but you know, like you, you're right. We had that instant right. friendship connection when we first met, you know, we came up with the idea of doing this podcast. It, it took a couple months to develop to, for us to come up with an idea on what the podcast about, but we finally did it. And four years later, it seems like our friendship has been around for so much longer than it has because we're more like brothers than than friends at this point right you and, know? and it's kind of funny too because like if you go back and listen to episode one of the show and so I, I recommend you don't <laughs> it's so different i recommend you don't because it's not what we envisioned and honestly we always say to anybody that started a show and like our friend craig Lagans. Who has been on this show? He's been on this show, yeah. His nail got his own podcast, and we told him the best learn. Oh, like, sorry, the best lesson you can learn doing a podcast is expect the unexpected, roll with the punches, and just go and You're, let it be its own thing. Let it live. Let it breathe. Yep. Let it do its own thing. Your podcast is going to evolve. Right. Don't fight the evolution. Right. Yes. And honestly. That statement is really important because honestly for us is don't be afraid of the evolution was what led us to this moment. Yeah. 
And I want to bring it up. Sure. Um, so we're in episode 199. Episode 200, episode 201 is going to happen. But 202 may not. And I'm going to be honest about this. And this is a sad statement for us to make. And we said it last year jokingly. It is something I said as a joke that has become a truth. And was, where do you go after Crisis on Infinite Earths? And the question is, you don't. And I said, we should end it. Jokingly. Yeah. And Ben made that joke and said, jokingly. And I was like... If they ever do Crisis on Infinite Earths, well, that's the end of the podcast. And (laughs) they said they're going to do it. And they said, well, because we're ending the podcast. (laughs) We said that at the end of Elseworlds. And we mean it. And I don't mean that to be a joke it's um, it was something that you, you you did you you jokingly said well i guess that means we're ending the podcast and then over the course of the next couple months after that you know we we kind of talked about right. it and we were like well you know what joking aside maybe this is the right time to do it right it's and it's funny because you and i have talked about this a lot and this is the first time you and i have really talked about this face to face yeah it's and, usually been over. Like, and I, over. I can see it in your eyes, and you can see it in my eyes. That it's this a little is, emotional. This, I mean, it's, this is this this is kind of a sad moment for us to say this is done. It's I, it's not just it's it's bittersweet. I think is yeah. the better way to put it. Right. Because yes, this is something we've done for four years. We've grown a lot of followers on Facebook. We have a lot of listeners that you know check in with us. We have a cat at the table <laughs> who's yeah. going to try and interrupt the the uh, the podcast. You know, we we have a faithful following who we love and are extremely thankful for. Right. And we don't want to feel like we're giving up on them because while yes, the audio element of this is going to end. You know, we're still going to be on the Facebook page as active as we possibly can be, interacting with everybody. Right. And yeah, let's be honest. Like, yeah, we're going to probably pump the brakes a little bit more about posting news stories and all those things because I actually think we might take on new moderators to help us with that we may do yeah. so like um honestly like our good friend shad has been great at even the last like year pointing yeah. out hey you guys miss he this tags one. us and stuff all the time and i'm like yeah. hey i really appreciate it and i think for us that means like what our goal was is to be a unofficial official source for news is it's, it's, it's going to continue. It's funny you say that too because there have been times people have messaged us saying like, "Hey, you should do this," and we're like, "Look, we're not DC. <laughs> we have nothing. We have nothing to do with Warner Brothers." <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I, I honestly that was I think the most touching part about everything we've done is it was kind of sad to say goodbye to all of this when you have people that say. Oh my God! You guys are DC. You guys are Warner Brothers. You guys are the people that make all this stuff happen week in and week out. And I'm like, no, we aren't. <laughs> no, we we're just people that really love this and care about this as much as you do. And my stupid little cat is <laughs> trying to knock over my cup. I was worried because I thought it was full. It's not. Okay. Thankfully, it's it, thankfully that's it's why not. I kept pointing. I'm like, oh, um, but. It's crazy thinking about that stuff and saying we're going to say goodbye right now because, and it's not right this very moment. No, we still have a couple more episodes left. We're going to say goodbye to you guys in about a month and a half. Yeah. Um, But when we made that comment and said we were going to pack our bags and move on to different things, um, we honestly, again, as you just said it, Ben, we we were serious. We, We had to think this through. 
Um, we it, this isn't something we just decided yesterday. You and I have been right. talking about this for quite a bit of time, and we've known for a couple months now that Crisis on Infinite Earths was most likely going to be the end of this podcast. Right, and I, I want to say it in this way, and there's a good reason why. Um, and this has been more evident now more than ever is the fact that we're on the heels this week alone of the end of the Skywalker saga. And episode nine's kind of is this beautiful ending point for Star Wars. It's not saying that that's Star Wars is wrapping up forever. And this is the end. It's the end of this story of Star Wars. This story is ending. Um, But it made me think a little bit clearer about some things. And Ben and I said the moment that we could stop, we, we were not able to be fans and we became critics was the moment that we had to pump the brakes. Yeah. And I agreed. Because we started this as fans. And I feel like, and you agree with me with this completely, we've kind of lost that a little bit. We've become, you know, excuse me, when it comes to, especially shows like Arrow and things like that, it's been, we've become overly critical. And we don't like that side of ourselves. Right. We want to go back to being fans. And Crisis, as you mentioned to me earlier tonight, Crisis has been a a great example of how we can be fans again. Because we've both been not only really excited for Crisis, but watching Crisis, there have been multiple times. Th- there was an IM message between you and I on Facebook where it was just like, this happened, and then I replied with, th- and that, and you replied with that. Like, it was just a geek out session that we had. It wasn't us like <laughs> responding to that one moment. It we was just like, naming the next it one. It was <laughs> the next one, and then the next one. But you know what, though? That's why this was important to end now. Yeah. We're because, going out at a high note where we still held this excitement and right. we're not, and, and we're think, not biased. And thinking about Star Wars is we have, both of us have a ton of friends on Facebook be, between you being a moderator and just you personally, myself and my connections with all the shows that I've worked and done. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of people that are like, this is why you should hate everything. The next thing that Star Wars is going to do without even seeing the next thing. It's gonna we don't do. want to become those people. We don't want to do that. And you know what? Look, like you can have your reason and your opinion on why. But here's the thing. You're now in the mind of a critic. You're no longer a fan. Even if you love 99.999% of everything that came before it and you're saying this is why you shouldn't care, you've left the fun, the enjoyment, the care, the wonder, and that childhood kind of like enjoyment aside. Like it's gone. If you start thinking of yourself as a fan of why you shouldn't give a shit, and I, I apologize for the language. Don't but apologize. Like We've used language like that before. We're going to say that those those statements through this and the last next two episodes um, quite a bit because this is us finding that again. Yeah. And this is where we want to leave you. Crisis helped us find that again. And for them to say, hey, we're doing Crisis of the Earth back at Elseworlds. And Elseworlds wrapped and said, look, this is what we're going to do and this is why we want you to care you and I cared a lot because at that point when they said that, we didn't care anymore. I think we, we did. I think you're right. We had lost a lot of the flame that we created when we created this podcast. Right. You know, and it just, you're right. Crisis, the moment that Elseworlds ended and it said coming next year, Crisis on Infinite Earths, right. was a total, holy shit, they're going to do this. But at the same time, that flame got lit. Yeah, it did. You know, and it's been building 
all this time over this past year up until this it, point. It was such a great feeling having that fire relit again. Yeah. And honestly, I can't tell you the last time I felt through any of these episodes that we've reviewed the same excitement I have over this past week. And I know I'm not going to feel it again for a really long time. And I can't wait another year. And that's why we're ending this. But we want to end it for all of you on the same reason that you listen is talking to another fan. So we're really excited to give you the next, however long this episode is going to be. <laughs> yeah. Talking to you about why episodes one through three of Crisis was some of the best things to celebrate DC Comics. And, and not only that, but I mean, like, you know, I, I've read it in interviews. I believe it was with Steven where, you know, even they themselves said, you know, they're doing Crisis on Infinite Earths. Where do you go from here? And rather, you're right, rather than continue on with this and take a chance of losing that flame again because they can't top this, it's better to just go out at this point when that excitement is still there, the flame is still there, and we're going out on what is arguably the biggest one of high the note. largest high notes and one of the largest storylines DC has ever covered. I mean, we're, we're about to talk about something that has never been done on television before. You know, cross yes, they've done crossovers before, but to do a crossover of this extent and this size has never been done before. Honestly, like it's funny that we think about it because like if you looked on Twitter three days ago from the day of this recording, um, when everything happened in part one alone, and everybody's like, the same year we talk about and again, this has always been a spoiler show, and we're going to remind you now. Yeah, there's you get you get the spoiler alert in the beginning. Um, there's going to be crisis spoilers in this. But the year <laughs> you lose Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark and Iron Man is the same year you really lost Oliver Queen. Yeah, and Stephen Amell playing the Green Arrow. Yeah, um, it's a big deal for a lot of people. Like, look. Like, the Arrow crew and their Facebook page has been huge. They've been a great, you know, part of our fandom that has listened to us every week and has supported that show and the growth of the Arrowverse for mm -hmm. a long time between Odessa and all these folks out there. And Anne. And Anne. And, yep. and like I said, we love you guys so much. And thank you for sticking with us even and the, listening. Even, even as big of fans as Arrow as they are and the times that we've put it down, they've right. stuck with us. Yeah, And we really appreciate you guys honestly staying there and promoting us as best as you have and continuously caring and responding and all these things. And I'm sure you guys are going to hear statements of us talking about even statements they've said on this Facebook page or, or our Facebook page and honestly the voicemails that people have left for us, all these things. But it's great to hear us get to talk about this stuff again for yeah. the first time in a long time, just like they do. Yep. Yeah. I'm We're I'm, ending where we started. I'm I'm really we're ending excited. Yeah. You know, and that's 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 I think that's the best way to put it. Um again, like you said, this is this episode is not the end. We still have we're gonna talk about crisis parts four and five when they return, and then we're gonna have another episode. After that, because let's be real, we have from people from the shows we've had on to friends we've had on to people who have just helped us along the way, 
we've got a lot of thanks that we have to put out there. Right. Um, not just to those people, but obviously to people who have listened and followed and liked the Facebook right. page and everything. There's a ton of people to thank. We're so, going to do our best to say goodbye the right way. Yes. So, And if we can give you guys a little bit more along the way, we we're, will. We're going to try. try. We've, we've got a couple... I'll, I'll we have say, irons in the fire, that's, but we, we, that's exactly we don't what wanna, I was going to say. But we don't want to promise you guys the moon. We're we're working to try and make our goodbye as big as possible, but we don't want to guarantee anything until we know for sure. Right. So you're right. I have so, irons in the fire. Basically, emails that have been sent, a couple replies, but nothing solid. I, but I will say we're going to try, like I said, to make that goodbye as big as possible. Right. And if you think back to our 100th episode, we kind of delivered on our 100th. This is the 200th. That I'll just put that into perspective. We'll, we'll do our best. We're going to do our best. And if not, uh, well, I hope you guys like this enough to hear me and Ben bitch and moan um, a little bit more about the fact that, oh, my God, God forbid that we have our Sundays back again. Um, well, I mean, and that's the other thing we haven't mentioned, too, is that, you know, you and I love the podcast together. You know, we've been on Caffeine Crew. We did Still Afraid of the Dark for nine episodes over Halloween. We're Which, changing. as difficult as that show was, it was a ton of fun to do. But that was a lot for you and I and, to do. And we already have plans for a season, for book two of Still Afraid of the Dark for right. next year. And we were doing this show. I and know. we were doing Caffeine Crew. <laughs> we were doing Caffeine Crew. Doing, you were doing Lost. I was doing the Lost podcast. It was yeah. a lot. It was a lot for both of us to do. But, like, You're, I, I think it's clear we love to podcast together. And, and, you know, we want you to know that, yes, this podcast is going to be wrapping, you know, with the two, this episode and then the two following. There is, as you mentioned, a chance that, like, our friends at DCR, our friends Brian, you know, and, and, and such at DCR, you know, still pop in from time to time. There's an opportunity. We could do that. But even if we don't pop in from time to time with, with DC Primetime, Again, you'll still interact with us on the Facebook page from time to time. And it's not going to be the last time you hear our voices. I'm going to continue with Lost. You're going to continue with Caffeine Crew, which you'll hear me occasionally. And we already, you and I already have another project in the works to continue podcasting right. in the future, which we will absolutely pass along when the details are there, how you can listen to us. And, and more than likely, <clears throat> we're going to probably kick that off with something Easter-related. And I haven't said that to you, but I think you would agree that's a great place to start. Yeah, I think it is a great place to start. And, and we hope you guys continue to, I hope, you know, you follow and enjoy. us yeah. to, that, to, yeah. that, um, to that platform when right. we get there. So I guess the best thing we can say is, I want to episode one of Crisis on Infinite Earths. Do we, do we want to do it by episodes or do we just want to talk about Crisis as a whole? Because I mean... At this point, it kind of blends together to me because I've watched the episodes a number of times. Uh, um, you know what? Why don't we just talk the whole thing through? And I, you know what? I'm going to start start us off. Is do we want to give a rating? Because we usually do give ratings for crossovers. Well, look, <clears throat> I, I'm going to be honest. I, I think us saying this is anything less than a new god it's, is so untrue. Uh, yeah, it's. I, I have. I like you said. I've never been this excited. I can tell you right now, and I'm sure we'll bring them up as we f progress further in the conversation. In these three episodes, <clears throat> I think I have audibly squealed more times than I think I have in an entire season of a show. Just from th seeing things that we knew were coming that we finally saw to things that we didn't think we would see that we ended up seeing. Right. You know, and it's... 
you're right. So I, you know, you wanted to kick it off. I'll, I'll, I'll. You know what? Honestly, the best place I can start this off is the way that they started the whole thing off is Earth 1989, oh, and seeing Robert Wall sitting there on a bench where we heard a rumor months ago that. Robert Wall was going to be sitting there re- reprising a role of reporter Alexander Knox, yeah. reading a newspaper about Joker kidnap. Uh, you know, well, not kidnapping, sorry, but yeah, apprehending the Joker. We didn't see the newspaper that we, we did. Well, he no, was reading it, but there was supposed to. I wasn't there a paper that we saw a picture of leaked online that was supposed to have Keaton's face on it. I, there was rumblings. It of was that, Bruce Wayne marries like, Selena Kyle, wasn't it? Yeah, something. But like this was. You know, Batman apprehends the Joker, you know, and but like we still had confirmation that the 1989 Batman film that created this kind of giant resurgence for DC was here and it was relevant and it mattered again. And what a better Earth to see first. And that was a great start. Yeah. And they said, hey, look, and like, you know what? Like. We 100% agree. Kevin Smith has been such a giant voice for DC Comics for so long. He's hosting Chris on Infinite Earths Aftermath. Yeah. Uh, with Mark Bernardin, like doing Fat Man on Batman. Uh, sorry, Fat Man Beyond um, nowadays. Um, and I know you haven't seen it yet, but Robert Wall was actually a guest on Aftermath, part, Aftermath 2. I haven't watched it yet, but I I'm know. excited. But, like, you know what? You know, they're such a great voice for all this, but like we know how important Batman 1989 was for DC, for their comic line, for the mattering and the the importance of Batman. It took it took it changed the tone of Batman when it came to the screen. You know, because all we had before that was Batman 66. Well, yeah, for for live action, I mean, yeah. like we knew, like Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns was the the changing of the guard. Well, that's what I meant for books. the screen. That's it changed. Like, and Alan Moore, yeah. like, and doing things like Watchmen and things like that. Those were massive. They changed everything that we knew about comics. Not just for DC. Not just for Marvel. Everything. Like they changed the way we think about these characters. And we know, you know, Kevin has been like this kind of. We, we kind of joke about in this context, he's been the pariah yeah, of, he really... things, of things to come. And he's been this great voice. And it's great watching him say these things. But, like, you and I get to agree with him for the longest time. Because we knew this is one of the things that brought him back into the fold of DC Comics. Yeah. And, Killer Shark. And for them to show this and say, here's Batman 1989 again. That world is not gone. But it will be in a second. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, what, really? But it was great to see just that quick moment and that quick nod of the cap and said, thank you guys. Thank you guys so much for making sure we mattered and cared. Well, and it wasn't just that, too. But, I mean, you know, you're right. Alexander Knox from Batman, from Earth 89, Batman 1989, was, I think, the most appropriate first cameo to see. Right. Uh, you know, and just... You could have just had Robert Wall just sitting on a park bench reading the paper and then, you know, looking up at the red red skies. skies. But to have him even have that line of, oh, I hope you're watching, big guy, is like, yeah, like, okay, I'm I'm already, just from this first cameo alone, I'm already on board. Like, you've already got me. And then right after that, though, moments later, we see Hank Hall. (laughs) And and Robin. And and we see Jason Todd Robin 
looking up at red skies yet again just seconds later yeah and then their world destroyed saying hey guys thank you so much for watching titans in the dc universe and giving a, a crap about the fact that like this little place and another thousand and one th like kind of place where you can stream and pay a monthly subscription <laughs> can watch something like harley quinn and titans and doom patrol yeah it was awesome it and was awesome for to say them to say Thanks. Yep. And then following that, we get to see a returning character in the Ray in Earth X. Right. You know, from from uh, Crisis on Earth X. Two years back. Yeah. So we get to return to an Earth we've already been to before. And then we follow that up with Earth 66, which very appropriate. We knew Burt Ward was going to be in this, you know, so. And it was see, bitter. It was bittersweet to see him walking. Um, oh, I forget the Ace. name of it. Ace the Wonderhound, uh, you know, was one thing. And to see some of the classic cars parked on the side of the street, even though there were modern cars in the background, I don't think they were too... It didn't matter. I don't think it was it really, okay. No. It was they, fine. they just put those two cars there for the front shot, you know, to give us that feel of the 60s Batman. And Bert wearing the red sweater with the black and yellow and green in it. And it again, perfect. that would have been enough but then to have him turn around, look up to the skies. Holy red skies of death, Batman. Yes. Well, no, he didn't say Batman. Oh, he sorry. says holy red skies of death. Yeah. We got a signature Robin moment from Burt Ward. And then we jump into crisis. And it, it was, was a perfect start. I, again. It was a perfect thank you for everything for DC. And honestly... That sets such a great tone because, like, you and I both knew, and I know there's so many people that are going to have complaints between episodes one through three about, like, they didn't give Smallville the time and it deserved or all these things. You and I have known from the beginning that every one of these nods were always meant to be just that. Nods. You even you even said at one point, don't be surprised if these cameos are seeing these characters dying because yeah. their Earths are going away. And you were spot on. And because that's exactly what they were. And we even see that even in episode three that we're going to talk about today. And, yeah, and, we got another honestly, one of those cameos in the beginning. Right. And honestly, what this moment said to us was this. And honestly, it was the best thing that they could say from Greg Berlanti and from Mark Guggenheim was, guys, we wanted to give you guys a one last moment with every one of these characters. And that's what they did. Yep. They gave us a goodbye to all these people that didn't have endings to their stories. Yeah. And that was what was special about Chris's Infinite Earths. And that's why we're ending here is this is a great ending then to our story. The ending to our story. And, but you know what though? That's perfect. Yep. And that's, what's touching about this and why it matters and why we care. Um, but like we get to start the story at the end and that's, what's cool. Yeah, And we get to go from these characters saying goodbye, and we get to start in with these red skies that we knew were coming, we, with these prophecies from the Flash and Arrow, and them saying, you know what, let's back up a second or two, we're going to go back to Lian Yu, let's go back to Purgatory, and let's go back to Cat McNamara and Stephen Amell sitting on the shores of Lian Yu and saying, thank you. Thank you for everything you've given us. And the Harbinger coming into play. Lila Michaels there kind of in, in the suit and said, I'm not Lila anymore. I'm Harbinger. And we know crisis is now. 
Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting to note, too, that, and, and I know we're going to talk about this at the same time, but Crisis not only paid homage and paid, and, you know, gave thanks to a lot of things, but Crisis also did something very important. Uh, and it was in, I believe, episode one of Crisis. They fixed a pretty, a, a pretty significant timeline issue that they had with Legends um, in, an Earth that in an Earth that they visited. Uh, and they used baby Jonathan to fix it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's going to be interesting when we get to that point, too. Yeah. So Crisis was used for other than just obviously telling this massive story. But like you said, paying thanks to the people that have come before it, whether it be Burt Ward or, or Michael Keaton, whoever. But, you know, paying that fan service forward, but also use this opportunity to kind of explain and fix a couple things that needed to be fixed right. going forward. Yeah. So... Yeah. So how do you want to start this conversation? Because, I mean, like, man, like, we talked about this cameos that kicked it off, and we saw these Earths wiped out. I mean, like, we've known since Arrow started this year with the end of Earth 2, which even a Flash cast didn't know about. Well, not well, the Flash cast, but the characters from the Flash didn't even well, find out about until episode three. Well, of it's this interesting crisis. to note too that not it's not even until episode three that we found out that that was pretty much just a test run, right? Of of the canon that we that we see in episode three, the Animatter canon, that wasn't even part of the wave that's included in Crisis right now. That was purely just a, a test shot. And it worked, you know, it was something that the Animonitor was was working on. Um, but you're right. I mean, we saw Lila, you know, we saw Lila as Harbinger already. Right. We finally got to see um, uh, Nash as Pariah, full-on Pariah this oh time. Oh, my God, the suit looks the suit so looks good. <laughs> so God, fucking Don't even stunning. get me started on suits because I'm just going to go off on Kingdom Come <laughs> Superman if we, if we do that. Because can I tell you, the moment he ran off screen and came right back on in that suit... That was one of those audible screams that I just totally There's so many moments just to squeal like <laughs> happiness from alone yeah. from this. Alone. I mean. <sighs> <laughs> I, and it makes it difficult so to good. know where to start. And honestly, I think that's where, where we kind of have to take this from the beginning of the story from episodes one through three. And I think that's kind of what we have to kind of do. It's yeah. like, you know, obviously, like when we talk about the pattern of this is. They're following the DC protocol of the shows. Like, Supergirl is where we start. And that because that's the TV show that it's following the schedule for. Then it goes to a Batwoman episode and then goes to Flash. Yeah. And that's what we did is we followed that pattern. Like, you know, you know, the first episode we focused on a lot of Supergirl heavy characters, uh, you know, like the background characters. Those were the focal points. And then we get to episode two. Kate Kane and the discussions of what's happening on, you know, Gotham City and Earth One, Gotham City specifically, mm -hmm. play really heavy into what's coming next. You know, and then we get to Flash is part three. And all of those characters matter. Like the the timing of all of those appearances matter. Because like when you're watching episode one, I'm like, I thought Barry would have a, lo a longer kind of role to play in episodes one and two, and he doesn't. Yeah. He really kind of parks himself backstage. And we don't really see his character matter much until episode three. Well let's you know in that let's let's talk about that first episode then, because you know, we talked about all these Earths being destroyed and things like that. And with the exception in, in episode one, with the exception of the ones that we see destroyed in the beginning, there's really only other two 
well, three Earths, actually, that are considered that are part of this. Obviously, we have Earth 1. We have Earth 38, which is Supergirl's Earth. And then we have the other Earth, which I think Earth 47, I want to say, was, which is where we see Steven in the future, um, which was the fix of everything because... Uh, 46. 46, okay. Right. Um, I believe. I, th- I think you might be right. I was actually trying to look up a list, and I'll, it's okay. I'll do it it's, as we're it's talking. It's fine. I, well, because there's a couple other Earths I want to make mention of, too. Actually, actually I remember it because I know Smallville is 167. I remembered that one. But, primarily. I mean, like honestly, like the big ones that yeah. we're going to have the conversations about through this episode are going to be Earths 89, Earth 90, Earth 96, Earth 666, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is an amazing moment. Yes, absolutely it is. Earth 96. Which played a massive part for especially Brandon Routh at yes, this point in time. Yes. Um, but like I said, we go through quite a few. But honestly, when we the Earth numbers aren't going to matter once we end this conversation. So let's okay. So let's if we're talking about this first episode, I want to I want to start with Argo. Okay, because there are quite a few moments in this oh whole scene God. that are to the fans are just uh, are, are phenomenal. I mean, so. We, we see, obviously, the, the antimatter wave is heading towards Ogo. We know that on Earth-38, Supergirl is already aware that this is happening. She sends this message, uh, you know, uh, through their shielding to get the message to right. Clark and to Lois. Right. And baby Jonathan, who we meet for the first time, that this wave is coming. And we get this amazing scene of, you know, we see Alora come out and say, follow me. There's one pod left. They're going to send baby Jonathan out in the pod. And, and to, just, just the fact that they used line by line. From Superman. From Superman the movie. Yes. Of having Kal-El speak to his son in the pod. It was, yeah. It was, it was beautiful. It was so wonderfully touching to have the dichotomy of having Clark and Lois doing what. Was done know, to jo- him. Jor-El yeah. did to Kal-El. Yeah. And it was such a perfect moment, and that was such a great way to start this entire saga off. Yeah. Is, let's just pay homage to everything that came before us. And if it wasn't proof positive, in just the opening minute of Crisis on Infinite Earths, that they were already going to do that, the fact that they continued to care about everything that was set before them yeah, was really very evident by this scene alone. And it's funny because this isn't the first, I mean, this is the first reference to paying homage to that original Superman that we get, but it's not the last by far throughout this entire run of these just first three episodes. You know, and I, I sit across the table from my jacket that I just got and I see that S symbol on my jacket and like it just, I, it makes me think about how much I still love that movie. And how hope shines through. And how, how God, great it was line. that they just... I, I love that line. Ha- <laughs> it, this is going to turn into a geek fest. I it mean, is. We're, and we can't deny that. And, and honestly, I hope that's why you guys are listening to us. Because you're geeking out with us, just rem- remembering these things as we're talking about them. And that's why we're ending here yeah. again. I hate to bring it up again and bring us well, ending back down. in a couple episodes. Right, ending right. at crisis. Right. Because crisis ending, is not over yet. Right. So. Ending post-crisis. Yeah. But that's why we're ending here is because we want you to be as excited as we are to talk about this. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that you're right. That, that moment of them talking at, at, at you know, it, when they're standing in front of the pod, the destruction of Argo is imminent. We know they're not going to survive this and it's gone in an instant. Yeah. 
And but you know what the the amazing part of this is, and we you and I both know as comic book fans for a long, long time, and we started this podcast of you kind of being a Fairweather fan of DC, mm-hmm. and me still being a longtime fan of DC. Oh, and that's changed so, and much. that's changed a lot. <laughs> it's changed a ton. Yeah, but like for us to come back to these moments, what everybody remembers if you're a person that's on the street and you love DC comics and you remember what made Bruce Wayne. It's that moment in Crime Alley with Martha and Thomas being shot down by Joe Chill. It is that moment that, you know, like Jor-El sent Kal-El This is the moment that made Superman. And But, yeah. like, the fact that we get to look at this again from a new lens that wasn't even done when George Perez wrote this back in the 80s. Yeah. But they gave this perfect edge to it that said, this is why people love these things. And it's the idea of legacy. It's the idea of moving forward. And that's what we did here is this is a setup to move this story forward. It was perfect. Yeah. It was such a great moment to launch us into such an epic story. You said launch. That's exactly what they did with Baby Jonathan. That was kind of the goal there, I <laughs> there hope. There you go. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, we see Jonathan head out into, you know, into the ether and, you know, not knowing where he's going to end up and the wave comes and wipes out Argo and we see Supergirl witness this back on, you know, back on Earth. And next thing you know, we we have this moment where you know John comes in. He's like a crisis. Well, I think he said the crisis was coming before this this happened. Um, you know, but it, yeah, I mean, the next thing you know, we we finally have jumped into what's going to take place, and we see Harbinger arrive on Earth thirty eight with Kate or with Batwoman at the time because she was still masked, uh, Mia. Oliver and Barry at and, that point. No, Barry was not with them. Barry and Sarah were doing oh, reconnaissance. Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I think it was. Uh, who, oh God, who? I, um, oh my gosh, we, we know it was Kate, um, Oliver, uh, Sarah, Sarah Lance. Was Sarah with them? Sarah was so there. So who was with Barry when he was doing reconnaissance? Oh wait, no, never mind. That was. I Sarah. think Sarah was with Barry. Right. There was one other person there. Adam. The Adam. That's right. It was Brandon. It was, it Brandon was Ray Ralph. Palmer. Ray Palmer was there. Right. That's right. Um. Yeah, and we we get this whole story kicked off, and the, oh no, Clark and Lois were with yes. them too. <laughs> well, no, uh, they were moments later. They were moments later where we see them kind of come into play. No, I uh, think they arrived with Harbinger. I'm pretty sure they no, arrived with Harbinger. No, no, no. If memory serves correctly, and I could be wrong, could be totally 100% Again, wrong. We've, a lot has happened in this yes. past week. Um, <laughs> yeah. But we, we see when they show up, they're not there yet. And you're like, wait, did Clark and Lois not make it through? And then well, they no, come back in. And then they come in moments later. I think they were there when Harbinger first arrives. Because Harbinger doesn't arrive right after Argo is destroyed. There are... Right. There is a little bit of time before Harbinger arrives. So I think they arrive with Harbinger. And then she said, and then they, Clark says, you know, Harbinger came in and got us just seconds before Margo right, was right, destroyed. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, I think you're correct on yeah, that. I, I, I think um, they arrived with Harbinger. Again, uh, you and I have both only have done one, maybe one and a half watches of, of this entire thing. At oh, this no, point. I watched part one like three times. <laughs> Fair. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defer to you <laughs> yeah. on that one. So. I watched part one like three times. I watched part two once. Okay. And then I watched part three twice. Fair. So, so but I mean, like, you know, we, we have this whole setup, though, like, and these characters coming in. So, like, obviously, or 38 knows, like, the end is nigh. And the Harbinger. <sighs> and, and, Har- and speaking of the end is nigh. 
line. <laughs> I have to bring this up because the fact that we had Will Wheaton carrying the same oh, sign, right. the exact same sign that we see one of the people running around in Superman 2. I never noticed that. So there's a person during during one of the street sequences in Superman 2 from Richard Donner holding the exact same sign, same font, same coloring on the no letter, idea. saying the end is here, or oh, sorry, uh, like this is the end, the world is nigh, uh, or the end is nigh, whatever, something along those lines, the same exact sign that Will Wheaton is carrying. I had no idea about when, that. When we see Kara rescue that same person with yeah. Will Wheaton from Spike, who is rampaging through the city, Spike obviously the giant kind of dinosaur dragon-esque character that we remember from Spike in season four of Supergirl. Um, But that's uh, the great nod of Will Wheat continuing that cavalcade of cameos that are just right in front of us. I had no idea. But that that sign, the the exact words, word by word, the exact font, color, everything is direct lifted from From Superman Superman 2. Huh. Which is a great, wonderful nod. Yeah, that is a great nod. Again, like I had no idea that was even the case. And because again, the fact that you have the exact same lines that are, are are read by the great and wonderful original Jor-El. Yeah. Being yeah. uttered by Tyler Hoechlin were just wonderful, the fact alone. But the fact that they even nodded even further into Richard Donner. Not even to mention what we're about to mention with Richard Donner in oh, just God. a few moments. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I mean, you know, if we're if we're pushing through episode one, you know, the next moments that we get are, you know, we get these guys around a table. Harbinger is telling them that the wave is coming. This is the place that the monitor needs you to make a stand because if you can't stop it here, the rest of the universe might be doomed. Uh, you know, and we find out one of the reasons why a little bit later on is because there is a tower. That has been hidden. Hey, look, the cosmic tuning fork that we were expecting that was happening on Arrow <laughs> yes. the entire time. Is, has been on Earth 38 entirely the whole time. Just Exactly. Um, you know, which is fine. Like, again, I'm not. But you know what, though? It was so great to see that nod. And that it was right perfect... by the volcano that, that was in. Ex- exactly. <laughs> that you know? was there from the last episode. Um, you know, but again, like it was, it was something when you figure, you know, the monitor is a cosmic being, it's more acceptable that you can figure, yes, this has probably been hidden the whole time and it's fine that it's, it's just coming out. Um, you know, but we're getting our first mentions of the anti-monitor in this episode. We're seeing his demons that are coming in to help out. Yeah. The shadow, we see the shadow demons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and we find, you know, Oliver saying, you know, we're going to need a bigger team. Uh, and we know that Barry is already a part of this as is Sarah, but they, we don't see them for a little while. Uh, come further into play. But, right. And if memory serves cor- correctly, blech. by the end of the episode, we know there's paragons that need to play a role in this crisis. Yes. Was that? No, or, I don't I think, think it was that episode that's two. episode two. Yeah, paragons episode come two. in episode two. Because... But but all we know by episode one is that the monitor wants them to make their final stand on Earth-38. Yes. And final stand meaning... On the Earths at this point, because essentially that's what we understand by the end of episode three. And I mean, and, you know, by the end of this episode, they bring us something that we kind of knew was going to happen during crisis, but we had no idea was going to happen that soon. Right. And it really shocked a lot of people. Like <laughs> There was a lot of sad people. There was a quickly. lot of sad people. And, you know, reading, you know, mentioning the Arrow crew, there were a number of them who were like, I don't know if I want to keep watching at this point. 
you know, because I knew this was coming, but I had no idea it was coming this soon. Well, it threw you and I for a loop. Yeah. But, like, we have that final stand in that fight on Earth-38 in Episode 1 of Crisis. And during that moment is something we've seen in every ad leading up to this. Yes, it's in the trailer Which and was the monitor looking at it, Ollie, and going, it's, it's, it's time. time. And he's like... Are, has everybody been evacuated? He says, no. He's like, then it's not time. Yeah. Not knowing that that's that Green was, Arrow's final stand. Yeah. And that was in not even, because we can't even say an hour an hour in. 40, well, 40 mi- minutes in at 40 this point. minutes yeah. in was the end of the Green Arrow. Yeah. As we knew it. Now, there's, I mean, there's a couple of things I, I, I want to, because we did kind of jump to the end of episode one with this. Right. So I, there's a couple of things I want to make mention of a uh, little quick before we we jump back to that um getting back to the whole thing with Jonathan we find out that Jonathan when Lois and Clark are brought to Earth 38 they find out that Jonathan is not there right. they don't know where he is was, Brainy, it, was it Earth 64 or 74 or something no, like that no 75 is where we find Mick and the Wave Rider which we'll get to in Se- episode oh, no, 2 74 74 I think is Mick and the Wave Rider yeah 74 Earth 46 46 was where we find out that Jonathan has gone to, but not ha- not only has he gone to Earth forty six, he's in the year twenty forty. Is it twenty forty four? I think it's twenty forty six. Twenty forty six of Earth forty six, which is we, which is when we're talking about the course correction that we mentioned before. We found out that this. I, I, I don't be careful of the word course correction when we talk about Arrow. No, no, this is a legends course correction. Well, well, no, I'm saying is you use the word course correction. Oh, course correction. <laughs> that was collision course. Though. Collision course, but it's a little. It sounds similar. It's right okay. on the edge. This is a timeline fix right. that the writers did because we did see the legends go to Earth, go to 2046 at one point, saw Oliver as still as the Green Arrow. And, you know, a lot of people were wondering at this point, like, well, are we ever, is that future still going to happen? Well, this was the way that they corrected that in that no, because the legends actually went to a different Earth in the multiverse to the year 2046 of that Earth where Oliver was still alive. And we even see Sarah and Ray make that comment of saying, so we didn't just jump time. We jumped Earths in that moment. So it's a great moment. There must have been a wormhole that we jumped to a different Right, exactly. So they they got to close that gap. And it was, obviously, this is that moment where they got to meet Oliver before he even met them before the end. Yes. And we see them come into time. And it was a great moment, too, because it was a great moment for having Katie Lotz get to have her final goodbye the same way that a lot of people that have been on Arrow yeah. got to say goodbye because she never to, really got hers to before. Steven. Yeah, and this was a perfect moment for her to say thank you so much for everything you've brought to me. Yeah, and they got to have that closure moment, even though it wasn't our Ollie. It still it's, mattered just it, it's as still much. An, it's still a Steven and Katie right mom, uh, moment that and they got it was to perfect. Share. It yeah. was a really great kind of final moment. You know, and we and there was a couple humorous things that came out of it. I mean, we when he when the bandolier is around Brainy and he falls and you know Lois says to him, "I'm going to be Jonathan." He's like, "Yeah, and I'll just work things out here." You know, cuz he's just kind of tied <laughs> up at the moment. He, there's really nothing else right. to do. But the, you know, like I said, we get the, that great scene of them kind of going through finding Jonathan Kent bringing them back into the timeline that we need them to be Mm -hmm. in. And then again, cutting back to that rooftop scene of that. It's not time. We see the final stand of Oliver queen. Yeah. As the green arrow. 
Yeah. And we find out Earth-38 is destroyed. Oliver, in his final sacrifice, stops Marnevo from basically blinking him out of that moment to save an additional billion lives. Yeah, I think what was I think three billion people out of. I think it is. I think it was. It was four <clears throat> billion people survived. Yeah, I think, or like uh, essentially, I think it was like three point eight, three point three point seven, three point eight billion people. Yeah. So we know Earth thirty eight is toast by the end of this episode. Oliver's sacrifice because we find out. That was his last stand. But it's also interesting to note, too, that by the end of this episode, when he is saying his goodbyes, when he's lying on the table, you know, and he's he's saying his goodbyes to Mia. And man, can I just tell you, as much as we have shit on Arrow, dude, I got choked up a little bit when, like, keep me in your heart. Yeah. Like, God, like, well, really? Well, you know what, though? Like, like, let's be honest. Like, you and I have both not been kind to Arrow leading up to this year. This season, we've been extremely kind because we've been very happy. Well, no, I don't think yeah. we've been kind. I think we've been fair. Yeah. Um, and I don't right. want it to seem like we have like a, a bias. And honestly, that's kind of been one of the reasons we were ending the show is like we had a bias yeah. last year. And we went into this with a bias as well of they have to really impress us. And they did. And they did. They absolutely They turned did. it around. There yeah. was only one episode, I think, this year that we didn't give a legend or a high hero to, which was episode two of this season of Arrow. Yeah. Um, and we were not happy about Cat McNamara and everybody else from the future arc. And, and we they changed our opinions. And, and we, we changed our tunes and we, yeah. we cared. And one of the best moments that happened in this episode was, you know, Ollie giving Mia her suit and then his goodbye to her. Yeah. Were some of the best moments of this episode. Yeah, well, number without one, question, you know, but saying you know his goodbye to Barry and Kara, saying right. like you you need to go on. Hey, because you're the best of us. Hey, promise me that you're <clears throat> gonna find William, find your mom, yeah, and let them know I love you, and keep me in your heart like that. Keep me in your heart line, and then not only that, but later on that night, Kate McNamara posting on Instagram a picture of her and Steven saying, keep me in your heart. Right. And even Steven, that was his line that he, he tweeted that night was yep. keep me in your heart. Well, and there was even two lot. There was even, you know, Kate McNamara in an interview before crisis aired said, you know, what are some of your favorite moments from crisis you could tell us about? And she said, there are two lines I, you know, that are in this episode that, get me and she's like the one i can tell you and it was because it was in a trailer oh no what moments were there um and she said one of them was about getting the suit because she kind of spoiled that a little bit but but a lot of people kind of saw that coming anyway she's like and then there's another moment at the end of episode one she's like that i was floored she's like and i can't tell you what that is yet and then she revealed yeah. that was it the key it was amazing line. yeah yeah it was it was wonderful and amazing but and we also have to mention too this there's also a very interesting part in in other than the shock of just Oliver and the Green Arrow, we got to be careful how we phrase it. We're gonna say Green Arrow was killed because there's things well, that happen. Oliver is killed. Let's let's we'll leave it at that. Okay, Green Arrow, Oliver Queen version. Okay, is um, killed. But the interesting follow up to that too of when we see Pariah as well is Marnovu saying. This is not what I foresaw for yeah. Oliver. You know, I don't know what is going on because this is not the ending I saw for him. You know, so all this talk that he had with him about how foreseeing his fate, it's changed at this point. Right. Because this is, like he said, 
this is not the end he saw for him. Right, because we find out by the end of the episode when Pariah shows up, you know, and we see him, and we find out a little bit more about Pariah later. And we can kind of say this now because it's not going to hurt anything. But it's the fact that Pariah, when we see all those teases from what we talked about last week, was him not getting into Marnevo's ship. No, it was the anti-monitor. It was the anti-monitor. Yeah. And the fact that he released the anti-monitor. And that's exactly beautifully timed to exactly what Crisis on Infinite Earths was. Yeah. And it played such a great parallel to the traditional comic written by, you know, Perez. And I think that was what was so great about this. It was it really honored all the things that came before it. And Pariah in in essence wasn't necessarily to anybody who's new to the character of Pariah, you know, he's not in essence a, another hero along to assist. He's basically somebody who's just forced to watch. Right. You know, he, which is somebody a, that arrives before the worst. Yeah. And it, it, that's exactly what he was. And it was a perfect kind of connection. So that moves us into episode two really quickly. And I think once we get into episode two and three, they're going to blend together a lot yeah. tighter than episode one did. Because episode one was started off with such a bang. Those cameos are done with the exception of where we start episode three. But also, though, too, here is where we start seeing some of the big welcomed and wanted cameos yes there are two in particular that we know of for sure one of them not so much a cameo because he is in uh episodes two and three um we kind of talked about him already brandon routh's kingdom come superman but there is another superman that makes a cameo in well there's another clark that makes a cameo yeah in this episode best way to put it because yeah, so do we want to just talk about the Smallville element now? Yeah, because I mean, like, I'm going to leave that to you because you have a lot more love for Smallville than I do. So, I mean, we see this is where, in essence, well, let's let's start off. We find out that we, they, in when the episode kicks off, we find out that they need a wave rider. And Earth 74. So they go to Earth 74 to get their version of the wave rider, which is basically Mick living in a mobile home. Where the voice of the AI is Leonard is Snart. Leonard Snart. But to be be clear, because this is something that tripped some people up, and I know it did, is because we do see a John Constantine, and we don't know where or when he comes from when he comes into play in episodes two and three. It's episode three is when he comes into play. Yes. But we do know that is the current John Constantine yes, from is, the Legends. That is Earth One John Constantine. But the McRory that we are is seeing Earth is Earth 74, not Earth 1. Yes. You know, is the version that we're seeing. So it's purely when we say McRory, we just want to make sure everyone is clear. We're talking about Earth 74 McRory. Yes, exactly. Um, but I have to say, you know, that scene with Harbinger and, and them going to the Wave Rider and finding that version of Mick was what made that so great was getting the voice of Leonard Snart. Having Wentworth AI. come in Wentworth and, Miller. and being able to do those lines was awesome. Yes, because even if we didn't see his face, still having him being a part of and this. his sass was still very <laughs> much like what, like I said when I said mobile home, like you know him insulting Mig, saying like you basically live at home, like because he's living on the wave rider was just it was brilliant, you know, and having them fight over it, but you know seeing also at the same time Harbinger giving them. The, the once-over of what needs to happen about these pariahs, but at the same time, baby Jonathan is crying. Or sorry, paragons. 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 What did I say? Pariahs. Pariahs. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, there's only one pariah. Um, you know, 
but at the same time, we get the humorous moment of baby Jonathan is starting to cry. So that's ep- keep- that, I think that's the beginning of episode three is when that moment starts to happen. No, no, because that was when because we don't see Mick at all in episode three. Mick is only in episode two. He's mentioned in episode oh, three. Oh, you're right, you're right. But you're he's right. not seen. Yep, 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 yep. Um, he, was only, he only came in Correct. for that episode. Again, it's a weird blend it that's going to happen right. between these three days. Yeah, So, and we get that moment in the beginning where they're passing him down and nobody can get him to cry until Mick has him in his hands. And the baby just smiles at Mick. And they just kind of walk, <laughs> walk off so he can keep him quiet. Right. And but, then, but yeah, I mean, in addition to that, though, too, on that wave rider from Earth-74... We get to see Kara have to deal and go face-to-face with the fact that Lex Luthor has been brought back to life. Yeah. And this is obviously the John Cryer Lex that we've known well from last season of Supergirl. Um, and the fact that everybody's kind of sh- stunned by this 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 moment that is happening. Because everybody has a part to play. Right. You know, and Lex has to play his part. Right. But in this moment, though, too, not only this, but we also find out quickly after is Kara's pretty beat up by the fact that Earth-38 is gone. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of her driving factor and driving force between this episode and episode three. Yeah. Is maybe this Book of Destiny is going to do something for her. Maybe she can fix this. She is, when we find out that she is the paragon of hope. And, well, maybe she can just fix that. So at this point in time, we know, you know, at the beginning of episode two, we find out that Kara is the episode of hope. Paragon, we, not episode. Paragon. Sorry. Jesus. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like... It's late. It's two o'clock in the morning. Right. Uh, forgive me. Um, yeah, so we find out that, that uh, Kara is the paragon of hope. We know that there is another Superman. There's a Kryptonian. There is a Kryptonian who is another Paragon. We know that there is the future Bat who is another Paragon. Yeah. Uh, We also... Do we know of any others at this point? Sarah Lance is uh, one of the Paragons. We know this early on, too. Yes. I can't remember which... I can't remember what she is. Because I know... The future bat is the paragon of courage. Right. Sarah is the Akara is the paragon of hope. Sarah is a paragon. We have Barry is becomes a paragon of love. Yes. We find out later. Which we find out and not until, I think episode, episode three. three. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um The Kryptonian is the paragon of Truth. Truth, yes. yes. Um I can't remember. It, it's it's gonna yeah. take a little bit more of, of us kinda to kinda oh, don't get me wrong. By the time you're listening to this, or at least by the time we're returning for part for the second part of Crisis, I will have watched these episodes a number I, I, more times. I will times. have as well. Yeah. But, um, I mean, honestly, at this point in time, though, like, regardless, we know there's seven Paragons that have a major importance and a role to play in all of Crisis. And, and we know of three at this point. I in think. the or beginning. Three or four. Well, in, in episode two, yes. Yeah. By the end of episode... Well, be, Early on in episode three, we know who all of them are. Yes. Right. But at this point, we know they have to find these two other paragons. Right. Because we know Sarah is one, Kara is one. There are two other ones, which are the Kryptonian and the Future Bat. So that leads Kara and Kate on a journey to Earth-98. Earth-99. Earth-99, Earth-99. Earth-99 to... Where we see a very ripped Luke Fox... <laughs> Well, at least he's handsome. 
Wasn't that the line that I think Kara yeah. says to Kate when they see him? Um, and which also leads us to one of the other things we were looking forward to the most. Kevin Conroy. As Bruce Wayne. As Bruce Wayne. <laughs> and wow, when A we dark. even reported, when we, we said, even Kevin came out and said, I'm playing a much darker version of Bruce Wayne than even the Batman Beyond version. Yeah. I'm like, how? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. That's how. We, we see a character, we see a Bruce Wayne who is extremely, like, we've seen versions of Bruce broken before. This is a very broken Bruce Wayne. So we're seeing a blend of Kingdom Come. Yes. Um, mixed with kind of, I think even Kevin kind of put it as kind of like if you took the BVS Batman mm-hmm. and let him continue into his later years. This is the version we would yeah. have gotten. And we and we get a very shocking revelation from this Batman, too, at least on this Earth. In that right. This Batman has killed Superman. Yes, but also we found out that that Superman is the one that put him in that bodysuit. Yes, yes. Um, that things have progressed, and this Batman has killed, and because of that, has killed more, and then has continued to kill. And we see that trophy case in Wayne Manor in this episode where we found out you know, the Joker, the Riddler, yeah. all of these people have been put down by the bat. And Kara finds a pair of glasses. And, yeah. Bloody fi- Shattered glasses. Finds out that this version of Bruce has put down her cousin mm-hmm. in this world. But it's also that moment where you see a spark lit inside of Kate. Because even Bruce kind of says, why are you friends with a Kryptonian? You can't trust them and this is why. Well, the inter- the interaction even leading up to this point where, you know, Kate obviously knows this is not her Bruce Wayne. Right. But this Bruce is very curious as to who Kate is because Kate is dead on his Earth. Yeah, Earth 99, Kate's gone. We get him, you know, bringing up term, you know, like the names of Clayface, all these people who could potentially pretending to be Kate who are no longer able to pretend to be Kate because they're either locked up or gone. You know, so he knows that there's something to this. Right. You know, so we get that whole interaction between these two characters leading up to that But we also see his suit is powered by well, it's got kryptonite still it's in the mix. It's got kryptonite on it, yeah. But it's in this moment, though, even though we do see this version of Bruce killed off in the kind of the conversation that happens between Kara and Kate from Earth, you know, Earth One and Earth Thirty Eight, respectively, you know, kind of knocked into kind of um, a conductor or in you know the Batcave mm-hmm. in this in this Earth. We do see by the end of this episode, Kate is carrying a piece of kryptonite. And it feels like it's kind of allowing history to repeat itself and kind of setting up another traditional story from the JLA classic line of comic books with the Tower of Babel, where we see Bruce for the first time setting up uh, an ulterior way of taking down a mem- every member of the Justice League. Mm-hmm. And we see Kate with this kryptonite and kind of having to struggle with this concept and idea by the end of episode two after the death of, of this Kevin Conroy version yeah. of, of Batman, which was really intense to watch. Well, I um, mean, you know, we're, we're, we're still being introduced to a Kate who, you know, is still very... This whole idea of the multiverse is completely new to her. Well, not completely new to her because they interacted in Elseworlds. Um, you know, so she's met Kara before. She knows about Kara's powers, but they're still relatively new to her. So to hear this version of Bruce having been having gone through what he did with a Kryptonian, 
she's kind of preparing herself a little bit for the kit for the case that well maybe i have to be prepared in case this happens as well because kara is still a fresh face to her right because we we don't see how she acquires the uh, kryptonite or anything like that like i think she just took it off the if she took it or did bruce give it to her any of those things we don't know we don't know any of those pieces which was perfect and it left a lot of questions. Yeah. And it was the right questions to leave us with. I think one of the things that this scene also leaves us with, too, is the fact that we know that Kate recognized Bruce, which means the Bruce of the Bruce of Earth One is Kevin Conroy. Which is exciting. Because Keyes even said he would love to come back right. to play Bruce again. And what's even better is when all this is done, when Crisis and Infinite Earths is just kind of a, a fond memory. Mm-hmm. And we maybe have one or two Earths left when all is said and done. Because let's be honest, we're probably going to have two. I think we're going to have two still. Because they may still want to have like Black Lightning over in this corner. Well, we need or still, Star Girl, Titans. Earth still needs to exist. All and, of these yeah. things. Whatever they may choose to do. I think it's going to be a combination of both. Some Earths right. are going to be I restored, think, but not all. Right. Yeah. And I think we're going to still have a, somewhat of a multiverse. Even if it's only one Earth 1 and Earth 2. Which yeah. is kind of where we ended the original crisis. Um, When that's all done and we have all of this happen and Supergirl becomes part of the new Earth One and Kate's on that Earth One and Oliver and all of these characters that we love are part of Earth One and Black Arrow, oh, sorry, Green Arrow and the Black Canaries is part of this Earth One in 2040. How awesome is it going to be when Batman Beyond Beyond can happen with that version of Bruce Wayne? Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. That would be awesome. Because, let's be honest, I think that's in the cards. I think it could happen. I really generally think think that after this, it's in the cards. Yeah. I think we are going to see Kevin Conroy return. As Bruce Wayne. I think so, too. And I think it's very hopeful, and I think it's it's something we should all look forward to. Because I think it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, let's shift gears, then, before we get to the end of the episode with the whole... Because there is a Kara Kate moment that's very important to everything. Because um, it's the moment that we realize that Kate is actually the Paragon, and it wasn't Bruce. Right. Um, I mean, we could just talk about it real quick. You know, obviously, we, we touched base on Kara wanting to use the Book of Destiny to fix things. And Kate's kind of the one that says, do you really want well, to? Well, I mean, that carries in episode three at that point. Um, that whole idea of her using the book. We don't find out that until episode three. No, no. no. We find out Kate is the Paragon by the end well, of episode yes, two. Well, yes. We know that she's the par- uh, she, she is the bat of the future and the Paragon of Courage. But it's, but it's but, her. But her. It's her standing up to Kara about that's, using the that's book. That's not until episode three. Okay, I think you might be right this yes. time. So that's not until episode three because that's when we see. Because one yes, of the last right. moments of episode two is when we find out that Kate's got the kryptonite. Yes, you're right. So yeah, uh, so we do see that kind of come into play. And, and then we roll into episode three. But during episode two, though, one of the other important things is we do have to go to Earth 96. So we, we have to go. There are two other Earths that we have to visit. Uh, let's talk about the one that we go to first because I'm gonna leave this to you. We we are on a journey to find Kryptonians, and before we get to uh, Earth 96, I can't remember what Earth it is that we go to before that. I think it's Earth 195. I think it's only one off of 196, where we find out that Lex has already been there because Lex has gotten away with the Book of Destiny, and his main objective is to kill every version of Superman. 
Uh, and we find out when the first Earth that they visit in that that has indeed been the case. And we kind of get this replay of the comic book cover from when Doomsday killed Superman. God, it was stunning. With and then the we see cape still, blowing, shattered. You we know, see Elizabeth Tullock holding the body of yes. Tyler Hawkins' version of Superman. Which was amazing. And we see that cape blowing in the wind. And it was such a great real real version of that comic cover, which was yeah. beautiful. Beautifully so, done. So then the next scene that we get to is them visiting another Earth uh, to find another Kryptonian, uh, and which takes us to Earth 196. No, sorry, 167. <laughs> Getting my Earths are confused already. Uh, to the Kent farm from Smallville. And the Tom Welling cameo that we knew was coming and a lot of people were very excited to see. We know that you and I both knew he was never suiting up. Yeah. He was only coming in for one scene. He was coming in as Clark Kent. And that is exactly what we got. So we see uh, we see Clark. We see Tyler's version of Superman along with Lois and Iris visiting this Earth to, <laughs> to see Tom Welling. And just I can't remember some of the comments, but some of the comments they got at the size difference between the two of them were, were really funny. Um, and then we see Lex appear and instantly send them away. And we get this whole great interaction with Lex and Clark of this Earth, which leads us to, you know, Lex getting ready to kind of zap this Clark out of existence like he has before. And breaking out kryptonite to kind of, I guess, intimidate Clark and weaken him to try and kill him. And we find out this Clark gave everything up. This Clark gave up his gave up his powers and is no longer Superman. He is a human now. Um, I had a very heated debate with a friend about this scene. I grew up, well, not grew up. I was a very, very avid fan of Smallville. Still am to this day. Watched all ten seasons. Still enjoy all ten seasons. And I was very pleased with this scene. I thought there was some humor to this. There was some heart to this. To see that Clark gave up his abilities to be a father, I thought was a great wrap to this story. To give Tom Welling's version of Clark and Superman an ending, I thought was great. Well, I mean, like, kind of like that's the best part about most of these cameos. Yeah. It gave endings to these characters. That was the goal, I think, here. It was not... Here, here's a quick look at these characters and their existence. There's a lot of characters, and we'll talk about it in episode three here, is there's a true ending to John Wesley Ship's Flash. Yes. There's yes. a true ending to Tom Welling's Clark Kent. They, they put a bow on some of these characters permanently because some of these characters never got them. Yeah. And I think that was what was touching about this. And that's what was made this perfect. Well, the debate I got in with this friend is that he was also another fan of, of Smallville. He was very disappointed with what they did with Tom Welling. And his, his reasoning behind it, and I get it, is he felt that to spend 10 years on this hero's journey, to become the hero that he was, only to find out that he gave it all up, was kind of disappointing. And I was like, well, okay, I can kind of see that. But you, uh, I feel like if he didn't give them up, this scene would have played out very differently and would have been very disappointing. Well, here's the thing, though. We don't know the 10 years that happened in between. Exactly. And that's the thing is he was probably still Superman through thick and thin. 
they had uh, they had a wonderful you know him and Lois had children and who's to say that that wasn't in the last year or two all those stories still happen it's just the ending of what Tom Welling wanted his character to have. Well, and I mean, his argument too was, you know, like, well, we saw like in Superman two, when Clark gave up his abilities, that didn't work out so well for him. I'm like, this is a different earth. It, These yeah. are different scenarios. You know why? Cause we know what happens to that Clark Kent. Yeah. Exactly. And, we, and that's the Clark that we go to visit right after this one. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I was very appreciative of the ending. And like I said, if, if Tom Welling still had his abilities, was still Superman, this Lex would have just killed him. And that would have been a very disappointing ending for small for that version of this. I think for the fans, this was the best way to do it. And it worked out well. And it plays well to what Tom wanted for yes. that version of the character. So it's, it honored Tom for being the lead of that show for 10 years and gave a great ending for his character. But still had him and allowed him to be there and not go out in a blink of an eye for no reason. And we still got to see him deck Lex one more time. Right. Which it was perfect. Still stronger. It was perfect. But that leads us into the next Earth that they go to, which was something we were both very excited to see. Right. And oh my God. And uh, you know what? I'm going to bring it up now because I feel like we have to. Because all through episode one, episode two, and episode three, the real true highlight of all of this has been the music score. <laughs> yes, it has. Because like when we see that dilapidated Wayne Matter and when we see Kevin Conroy, we get the Danny Elfman score and the Batman animated series score kind of chime in. When we get to this Earth as well for Earth 96. This is the Donnerverse. This is Richard Donner's yeah. score comes back into play when we see Brandon Routh as Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. All of those moments, man, are beautifully scored, and it's stunning. And even we've seen people say, the Denny Elfman score crisis Our buddy Shad Earth. said that, yeah. Yeah, and no, it was just the people that were scoring this nodded to every single score that's been on the Arrowverse, plus every score that's come before it, and played beautiful homages to every one of them wonderfully. Yeah. I, I got chills when I heard the the John Williams score underneath yeah. when we saw Brandon Ralph. And when we see Brandon Ralph, you know, we find out the Kingdom Come story is dead on. Joker gassed the Daily Planet. And he killed, lost and he, Perry, Jimmy, and Lois, as and, well as and a all number of, them, of other but people. But it's still Superman. Yeah. And it's still uh, Superman that's full of hope. And I love that in episode three, when we're asked why for the black, and it's because even in the darkest times, hope shines through. Yeah. It was such a great line. But we get another visit from Lex. Right. We're there too, and Lex kind of turns him against And this is where we start steering the ship towards, you know, we have episode two, and then it starts steering the ship towards into episode three, and I think we can start blending these two Well, we got another great homage too from Superman Superman with this too, from the Richard Donner universe of Superman, in that we see this whole fight scene between Tyler and Brandon. There are two versions of Superman. And when he finally comes out of it, we get this line from Brandon Routh, Superman, of this was not the first time I had to fight myself. Yeah. Which I thought was a beautiful line, paying homage to the earlier movies. Mm-hmm. So, but you're right. This kind of definitely leads us towards where we're going with the end of episode two and episode three. Right. And I think it was wonderful. You know, we see obviously this brainwashed Clark Kent versus Clark Kent. And it was great. It was, again, I think since the fight with Rain was the last time we saw a great Kryptonian versus Kryptonian fight in a realm uh, on the Arrowverse. Yeah. And even if it was in broad daylight, and I know that's sometimes a lot harder, and there was moments that looked a little bit cheesy. 
And I think this I is, forgave every one of those moments. Every time that you had one of the scores chime in with one of them about to fight, it was perfect. Yeah. And it felt so right. And man, it was so wonderful to see Brandon Routh play Superman and once, can I, once more. Can I just say, too, we've seen pictures of what he looked like in that costume and we're already excited. The moment he puts, the moment we see him pop up on screen wearing that costume. I was excited all over again. And honestly, one of my favorite moments, though, too, through all of this, was watching Lois and Iris's response every time they saw a new Superman. <laughs> yes. And Tyler was kind of like, come on, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was so much fun. It was so great. And I love that they played with that. And it played with the fact that people were like, Tyler's just spawn to be Superman, all these things. And yes, he's a very much different size than Tom Willing and Brandon Ralph is now and all these things. But they got a chance to play with it in a really fun way. And they really kind of responded to the criticisms in a fun way. And they mattered and they cared and they were truthful to all of these problems. Yeah. And I think they did it in a really great way. And I think it worked wonderfully. And it was even fun when everybody returns to the wave rider by the end of this and they find out that yes, Kate is indeed the paragon of, of courage. courage. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, we were meeting uh, you know, Clark Kent of Earth 98 for this time, or Earth 96. Yeah. Um, you know, at, at this point. And, you know, seeing, you know, seeing Kyra say, like, Ray, you got jacked when she was <laughs> yeah. looking at Clark the whole time, Brandon Routh's Clark the whole time. And even seeing Brandon playing against himself, That's you know, with, with Clark and Ray right. talking to each other was great. Right. You know, and, you know, and we, we wrap up the episode and then we kind of steer pretty much pretty quickly into episode three. And I think with, with that, like, there, there's a ton to talk about, um, you know, and I think episode three's discussion is where we kind of maybe shorten our conversation a little bit, yeah, because I mean, there's there's a little bit less uh, to kind of discuss. So yeah, episode three. This gets interesting, then, because at this point in time, we've got the introduction to several characters that come into play. Well, we we one of the things we kind of left out, too, that's important to episode three that we kind of left out of episode two is by the end of it. And it's kind of our cliffhanger episode of episode two and episode three is we see uh, Harbinger kind of going through some difficulties as the Earths are disappearing, right. which leads us to her face to face with the Anti-Monitor. Right. And that's what kind of leads us now into episode three. Right. And we don't really see much of that continuation too much in Until episode three. Until the end. Yeah. Very, yeah, very yeah. minimal. Um, but, I mean, at this point in time, though, too, you know, we see, like, the Earths are getting wiped away at a fast clip. You know, we're introduced into episode three with seeing Ashley Scott playing Huntress. Yes. From, from Birds of Prey. You know, from Birds of Prey. And, you know, like I said... 20 years later seeing these characters again which is kind of crazy to see uh you know we see her kind of like running through the streets of neo gotham and yeah. kind of going through this whole process and seeing you know and hearing on her comms talking to barbara and then all of a sudden again her you know, there, earth wiped away there's something very else there's something also very important to that we forgot to mention about episode two that i'll just mention real quick because it's very important episode three is we see them bring Oliver back with a Lazarus pit. We do. We forgot to bring that up. Oh yeah. I mean like we're gonna get there. It's fine. True. Again. But it comes work. it comes into heavy play in episode three, which is it why does. I wanted I mean to bring and that again up. we're kind of talking this as a whole it's versus a yeah, it's a episode blend. one, two, three. Yeah. It, it, we're really talking about two and a half hours of TV. In, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, because they really just roll one into the next, into yeah. the next, into the next. So we see, you know, all of this take place, you know, 
were on now at this point in time, like Earth 74 still, they're on the Wave Rider trying to figure out what do we do next. Everything's kind of screwed. And well, no, th- I think they're back to Earth One, but oh, they have sorry, the, sorry, they Earth have Earth the Earth seventy four Wave Rider. Yes, yeah, right, right, right. So you know they're at this point in time now, and we have this new contingent of Laurel, or sorry, not Laurel, um, Sarah Lance, uh, Mia, and now John Constantine out of nowhere. Yes, uh, is in the picture, and they're like, well, and Barry, and what do we do to bring Oliver back? Yeah, let's just talk about that now. I mean, we'll, so, we'll get that story knocked out of the way because it leads to a very interesting cameo. Well, it leads us to Earth 666. <laughs> Which we knew, we we got early reports that Tom Ellis was going to be doing a cameo as Lucifer Morningstar. Right. He denied them, said he was only there to visit and we were kind of bummed. for his birthday. Sad. And we were kind of like, yeah, that's a bummer, but maybe he's lying. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. And he was a lie. And it was something <laughs> I had completely forgot about, to be completely honest with you. I did too. I kind of did too. Until we saw Earth 666. And when I saw those words <gasps> pop wait, up on screen. wait. And here's where this is fun, because <laughs> as we see Los Angeles and Earth 666, not only is the fact that we're about to meet Lucifer and very special and important, there's a giant billboard as we're walking into the city that says, who watches the Watchmen? I miss that. It's awesome. Oh, I miss that. It, it, it says the Watchmen. Oh, it's, it doesn't say who watches the Watchmen. It says the Watchmen in black and yellow in a giant billboard. As we're going through the cityscape, dropping down into Lucifer's Club. Oh, I missed that. Now I'm going to have to look for it next time. And we do know, officially from Tom Ellis and everybody, is this this takes place before. Five years before the events of the TV show Lucifer. Right. So this is is pretty much when he first came to L.A. Right. This is shortly beforehand. So we know that this is when all of this takes place. But I love the fact that we have such a smooth-talking Lucifer <laughs> yes. and a smooth-talking John Constantine digging at each other. But I just, again, it like, perfect. it was that moment where, like, again, I had completely forgotten about the potential of this Tom Ellis cameo. And then when the words, this, the words Earth 666 popped up on screen, like, my jaw dropped. I was like, are we really going to get this? And when he opens the door and it's more Lucifer Morningstar... It was, and there's no other character you could put them with than Constantine. Yeah, because of it's just perfect. The, the way the two characters work, work and, and interact I, together. And I love the fact that that Lucifer is the Lucifer of all Earths. Yes, not no. There's a Lucifer in Earth one, two, three, six, six, six. No. The Lucifer from Earth 1 and Earth 666 are the damn exact same well, person. Well, in all essence, there really could be because Lucifer, went in his conversation with John, knew about the multiverse. Yeah. So there really could only be, there could one. potentially be just one Lucifer and, and I, he travels to all the Earths. And that's, well, I don't even think it's that. It's just, no, that's it. That's just it. And he dug at John and I loved it. Yeah. And I love John digging back at him and he's like, Constantine, you know, it was like Constantine, you know, <laughs> and it was perfect. It yeah, was, I loved every second. Of it. I, th- I think I think there's strong potential that there's multiple Earths, but there's only one Lucifer, and, and was, I love it. I loved it. Yep. It was such a great scene. It was quick to the point. It says, "Look, this is how you get to essentially purgatory." And are you going to retrieve a soul? Blah 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 yeah. blah. blah. <laughs> yeah, and they get to purgatory. And of course, they come across Joan Hex. 
and it's Jonah Hex. But that no, is... Jonah Hex wasn't in Purgatory. That they oh. went to a different different Earth to find the Lazarus. Pit. Well, yeah, sorry, sorry. That's in episode because two. all the Lazarus pits in right. on Earth One were destroyed, destroyed, so they had to yeah. go to another Earth. Well, like I said, we see Jonah Hex in Earth Two, but is it and Jonah we find Hex... out how he got his scars. Well, in, in that Earth, at least in that Earth. Yes, yeah. Sarah gave him his scars in that Earth. Yes, and, but like I said, we we go there and they go to Purgatory, which as Lee we know you. is Lee and you. Yep. And which was beautiful because I even told you before we started recording this is my wife is she was making comments <laughs> during out throughout the house when we were watching episode three. And I was like, are you going to continue talking <laughs> through this whole thing? Because I'm really kind of enjoying this right now. And she's just kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. She's like, I was just distracted by other things. and I know you're trying to watch this and I'm watching this with you, too. But I can she can do two things at once. I well, can't. We'll talk about the next but, moment because, but, yeah. That's... But the beautiful thing is then she's like, oh, great. Look, Purgatory. And I see her make a, like, a comment and she's like, I was like, are you okay? And I pause the show and she's like, she's like, she's like it's really funny. She's like, you know, the last couple of seasons of Arrow have basically been in Purgatory the entire time. <laughs> and it's like, look, what another great, wonderful way for them to just continue this character. And this is such another wonderful, dumb moment. And then I was like, are you done? She's like, she's like, yes. <laughs> and she, her and I had a good laugh and a joke about it because I felt the same way about Arrow. And like, look, we can just fucking just be done. And yeah. I apologize for the language. but And then the scene comes in. Jim Corrigan shows up, and we see the specter in his human host form. And then me and my wife look at each other, and she, we were like, Oliver is about to become the new version of the specter. And I'm like, that's brilliant. He is in the hood and everything. Yeah. In that scene. And I'm like, that's so just beautifully, wonderfully touching writing. And we, we paused the show again because we're like, this is beautiful. This is such a wonderful, amazing ending for Oliver's journey. You went He's, from you went from criticizing to well, your wife went yeah. from criticizing well, to in a moment uh, flipping the script completely. And in in in, in that moment, all and her and I both were like that. And yeah. just, I I've enjoyed season eight a lot. I have too. And she hasn't watched really any of season eight, with the exception of the premiere. Mm-hmm. And. She's like, that was touching. And I stopped her and I said, you know what's really special about this moment? And while we had the show paused, and I said, it's so true to Arrow. And she's like, how so? I'm like, I had to become something else. I had to become someone else. Holy shit. I never picked up on that. That and really is pretty spot on to. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's so, so true to what everything Arrow's been since the beginning to everything we've ever heard in every intro I, of every episode because i had to become inmate such and such then i had to become the hood to i had to become the green arrow to i had to become the specter yeah i loved that so much it touched my heart in such a special way because it still honors what's still to come in these final moments of the last episodes of yeah. arrow and i'm like that was so beautifully treated of him still Honoring his opening speech and his opening dialogue to his own show, that it still works. And it was—it's funny because I mentioned too about how it was so much fun saying that and watching your reaction, just kind of like. And I saw your eyes light up, and I'm like, <laughs> "Well, because I didn't pick up on it before." But it was, and I—I I, I really hope the people that haven't put that together, I'm like, are that, having the same reaction right now. And I really yeah. hope so because it really made me smile when I thought about it. But even going back to what I said about like you know how there were people people in the Arrow crew, and not just in the Arrow crew, but other you know, elements of social media too, who were very saddened by Oliver's dying in the first episode, you know, and how are saying like, I, I don't know if I want to keep watching this anymore. My reaction to them was, look, 
We know that our, that Arrow is the fifth part of Crisis on Infinite Earths. Don't count Oliver out yet. Oh then, no, he's gonna have a big ass badass moment as oh. the Spectre before the end. Of this. But I mean, even before we, you even, you and I knew that because we knew this ended on Arrow. Yes. You and I both knew. And that's what I was trying to tell people. Like, this is by the end of episode one. So this is before we find out about the Lazarus pits, before we find out about Lee and you, and before we find out the Spectre. I was telling people, don't count Oliver out yet. Because this crisis ends on Arrow. And now that we know that he is going to become the next iteration of the Spectre, we know exactly why it's going to end on Arrow. And I can't wait to see how it's going to end on Arrow because like you just mentioned he's still going to have at least one more final big uh, like badass moment oh my god absolutely because the Spectre plays a big part I mean he's he's honoring what Hal Jordan was in the DC universe when Hal Jordan became the Spectre Mm -hmm. and I love the fact that Oliver still has a role to play yeah a huge role to play and this is wonderful this was such a great beautiful thing and that's all we saw of this because they're going to hold their cards until the end yeah yep. it's going to be the the cards are going to be stacked by the end of episode four we already know they are by the end of episode three but even worse so by the end of episode four yeah and they need a savior and we're going to get one and we've already met him we just we're going to we just haven't seen him yet and it's going to be awesome it's going to be amazing so um, we do have another character though that we do lose in this episode well let's Let's backtrack a little bit because we do meet some of the characters of well, we the meet, Flash. We, we meet, we do, um, and we we have two small other pieces. Not small, and but I'm saying small in the grand scheme of right now. Well, we find out that you know we, Lex had a part to play in Crisis, and that was to lead them to the Paragon of Truth. Truth, um, and we find out now that. Cisco also has a part to play in Crisis in that he needs to become Vibe again. And we find out why um, exactly that is, well, which kind of before, leads us. Before we get there, though, we have another character we have to meet. Okay. And that's Ryan Choi. Yes. The one of the future, other Paragons. Future Adam. Yes. Uh, and we knew and find out early on in this episode three that he is one of the other Paragons that is needed to save the world. And that's Iris's role. And I got to say, though, too, introduce. True traditional Flash storytelling. Man, they bring the heart hard in yeah. this episode. Yeah, and we see this great, beautiful scene between Barry and Iris of them kind of going back and forth and why we see Barry send Iris off on this other mission. Well, I think it's in, it's it's important to note, too, that we, we see this scene twice. Right. And the first time, we were only getting a part of it. Yeah. You know, it's not until the second time we see it, which we is see the more... dialogue part of it really yes. in full. Yeah, because it's, you know, basically from what we see the first time is Iris asking Barry, do you really want me to go? And Barry, you know, to find Ryan and Barry's like, yes, you need to go find Ryan. And we find out there was so much more of that conversation before it that we'll get to when we get to those final moments of this other character that we do lose in this right. episode. But I mean, like I said, we get our introduction to the new version of the Atom that's probably going to have a big part to play, more than likely, on Legends of Tomorrow. And I would assume this upcoming season, uh, mm-hmm. once Brandon Routh is done yes. as playing th- that role. Uh, and it's somebody that, again, it's another traditional alum for the CW. Um, you know, this is somebody that we saw play Kevin Tran. 
In Supernatural. In Supernatural. Yep. And he's a great actor, and I think he did a great job of making us care about his character. Uh, very much a, a family man, similar in the way that it kind of feels like a new version, a younger version of Martin Stein. Yes. Um, yeah. I think is, way it, is, is the way that it kind of triggered back my brain to thinking about Legends of Tomorrow. So it's somebody that has someone something to lose. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes sometimes a great hero. And I'm really excited to see what we're going to see of... of this version oh, of too. Ryan Choi in too. this universe. I'm very interested to see how the torch is going to be passed right. and, and everything else. Yeah, and I think we're going to see that before this. But end. seeing him as being such a fan of Ray Palmer yeah. was also a lot of fun to watch because it reminded me a little bit of when we saw. Oh my gosh, what was his name from Flash this year? Um, we saw him in two episodes. He was in our premiere episode. He was oh, um, the guy that was in the, the he was in the black hole. Yeah. He, he was the person that created the black hole. Yeah, I can't remember I, his name. I, my brain is blanking because it feels like that. It's was full e- of crisis right now. It's, I can't remember was, everything else. It feels like that was an eon ago. But yeah, I mean, you know, we we see that kind of come into play, and but it, it's that same feeling as yeah. like if vibe was gone. That's the person I would want to see carry on the torch for yeah, vibe, exactly, uh, or not vibe, but Cisco in a role in in, in you know Star Labs. Yeah. And this is a person that I could see carrying and bear, uh, bearing the torch of the atom. Oh yeah, exactly. Like, just even in just one episode, him, I, I yeah. can see like when we saw him geek out about being like this professor at Ivy Town University and all this stuff, and I'm like, this is awesome. And like, it's going it to be perfect. And it's going to be fun because he's somebody who's already familiar with the work. So and he's he working knows. on his role of miniaturization and all this yeah. stuff and the fact that all these things come in. And yes, we do see characters like, you know, like the Elongated Man come into play and we see Ralph Dibney here. Even though he has a small role to play in the grand scheme of things, same way with Killer Frost and Vibe and all these people. Yeah. Um, they have a small role to play because they have to help collect these paragons and get them into the right place at the right time. And that's what it is. And that's when we come back around to your conversation before I brought us back to yeah. the, the, the Ryan Choi of it all because yeah. it's really important because of what comes of Vibe's role in Crisis. Yeah, I mean, we see the Monitor give Vibe basically his powers back, even kind of against his will because yes. Cisco doesn't want these pa- want these powers. He got rid of them for a reason, and the Monitor gives them back to him because he has an important role to play, which kind of leads us down the route of they're trying to find the Anti-Monitor, and... They they follow Nash's research, which leads them back to where Nash was when he got pulled in. And we find out a little bit more about the anti-monitor at that point in time and the fact that Pryor was the person responsible. We mm-hmm. also find out at that point in time, though, too, that Harbinger is working with the anti-monitor. And, and that, we don't know that yet. Well... We don't know that till the end. The very bitter end. But I'm saying is all these things are connected. Yes. We we know all of this is connected. Pariah and Harbinger's roles are all connected to the anti-monitor that we do find out by the bitter end. Yes. Um, But to be able to get there, we we have to go to Earth-1 and that ship. Well, yeah, which is where we saw all these cutscenes that we saw with Nash touching the symbols to open the door. This is one of the two roles that Cisco has to play as Vibe in that he needs the Vibe because Pariah can no longer, no longer has his memories of, of Nash. So Cisco as Vibe has to Vibe him to get the, this information so that they can open the door to get in. And it's a very interesting thing that they find when they get in there uh, because... We and that's get the basically co- an anti-monitor cannon, but it's powered by a cosmic treadmill. A cosmic treadmill. Uh, and who is on that cosmic treadmill but Earth-90... Flash, Barry Allen, played by John Wesley Shipp. Right, and we find out that's exactly where he got this 
you know, ported to during Elseworlds. And it wasn't he, by the anti-monitor either, or by the monitor, it was by the anti-monitor. Yes. He was the one ripped out of the timeline at that moment in time. Yeah. During that big final fight. So when so we we see Barry, they realize that this blur that's in this that's on this treadmill is moving and it's an actual person. So Barry tries to speed through it and in that instance is able to see Oh, we gotta pump the brakes again. I'm super sorry, no, everybody. It's fine. Cause somebody else plays a big an important role here too. And that's Jefferson Pierce. Oh, that well, he hasn't come in yet. No, at this moment he has. No. Because he's here Flash. to help save the day. When they're when they find that chamber, because Pariah is the one that. Brings but it's them not in. until they pull Flash out that Pariah leaves to right. go get Black Lightning. So yes. we haven't gotten to that point yet. Well, I mean, I'm just we're we're getting there. We're yes. blending it all together because, dear God, there's a for lot. two it's, and it's two and a half hours. We're pretty much taking you point by point, and we're almost <laughs> two hours into this I know. podcast. And mind we're going to try not to go too much longer, but. Um, yeah, the, so I was I was leading up to that because we hadn't gotten to Black Lightning yet. Um, you know, we see Barry before they even realize that he's it's the Flash. You know, Barry goes in, and it's when Cisco vibes him out that we find out exactly who it was that was in there, and that you know we get that moment where Barry says to you know Barry says to Barry basically, you need to put me back in, yeah, because if you don't, there is a trigger that. All the Earths will be destroyed at one it's time. Essentially, a dead man switch. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and that's the moment that Pariah suddenly disappears, and we don't know where he's gone. And we find out that it was indeed to get Jefferson Pierce to kind of control the the power, the, the power surge, the, the power surge that's happening, and yeah, that's to that's, that gives them just enough time to be able to handle what's about to happen. Yeah, and this is indeed a prediction. That I it is. It is a prediction. In that, that we get this this moment of Barry realizing, Earth One Barry realizing, this is the moment. This is the moment when the monitor said Barry had to die. This is it. This yeah, is the a reason flash why. has to die. A flash had to, the flash has to die. This is this is that moment. I have to reverse this treadmill because it will absorb this energy back and stop this wave. And. It's a beautiful scene. It's beautifully done in, you know, him saying goodbye to Caitlin and Cisco because he realizes this is his fate. And then in a spark, we get that moment of 90s Barry Allen taking his speed force. It's interesting the new tricks you learn when you've been doing this for as long as I have, which was a great line. And this and was that moment that I realized this is the prediction I made yeah. that this Earth 90... Flash was the one that was going to die. Yeah, and and it saddened and, me and, because and, and Cisco makes that moment and has to make that call that Barry set him up for. And sometimes as a leader, you have to make the hard calls. Yeah, and he puts Barry Allen from Earth ninety on that treadmill, and we see John Wesley ship one final time in his final <laughs> appearance. Dude, I'm getting chills just thinking about it because again, oh, like and seeing that shot of him on the treadmill in that final moment. Running as fast as he can, and then we get that cutaway to the original, the, the original show, television show, yeah. And him and Amanda Pays playing that one final scene together, and it's, it, it, dude, I'm getting chills thinking about it because I, John, John has been a friend of yours and I's. He's been a friend of this show. He's been a friend of ours. But not only that, but just I was such. Given, I grew up watching that '90s Flash, so to see an actual ending to that character and this be it. 
And that's why I mentioned is, before is that what was beautiful is not just Tom Willing got his end. Yeah. But John got an end. And he like, went out as, as a hero. As a I'm, hero. Yeah. Like not just the Earth's hero, but as the the multiverse's hero. Right. You know, so and it was perfect. It yeah. was so perfect seeing that I'm scene. Just, seriously. And, on, oh, and I, I, I can see your eyes kind of welling up a little <laughs> yeah. bit. And on you know what? Honestly, Kat and I are are we we both teared up in that moment because the one thing the Flash has always been able to do is make the two of us cry. Mm-hmm. Um and this did it again. And it's funny because it's always John Wesley Ship or or Jesse L or somebody like that tear, yeah. making us tear up. And, and, it's, and you know what? It was so great having that moment. And honestly, the, that cutaway to that old scene from the 90s with him, uh, John and Amanda Pays and having they, that moment together and then cutting back to just the lightning bolt of the suit laying on the ground of that burned up. They actually talk lab. about that. On, I know you haven't seen it yet, but yeah, in Aftermath, I, I, I can't wait to watch um, it. Guggenheim actually says that that actually wasn't added until the editing process. They didn't even have the idea that they were going to do that. Yeah, they were editing that scene, and one of the other producers said, "You know what? Why don't we put this in there?" And they actually had to cut it because at that point it yeah. was, you know, it was three four standard and it wasn't in hd so they had to cut the scene in order to make it fit into there but in that format it looked so beautiful and they said yeah like like that worked and it it was such a gorgeous stunning final moment and honestly i i really hope that when we get to celebrate our end that john's there with us because i just we're working on it yeah I, i know we are because like he's a good friend of ours and we we hope we can make the time work to do it but I will never give a stronger audi- audible hug to somebody. I know. I know. Um, just to let him know how much that meant to so many fans of his, but to the fans of DC Comics. I, I think I would have already gotten choked up at that scene just having grown up with that version of The Flash and see it come to an end. But you're right. The fact yeah. that John has been a friend of this show, he's been a friend of ours, that just added so much more yeah. to that scene, and it was it was beautiful. Yep. It was it was honestly as 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 much as our jaws was on the floor because of what happened with Barry. Oh, you're not Barry, but um, Oliver Queen. This episode that was just another giant moment that said thank you. Yeah, and that was all of us as fans saying thank you so much to DC Comics and the CW for willingly taking all of the risks that they did up this far. And you'll you'll hear this in aftermath too. Um, John also thanked them afterwards and said, "Thank you for giving me, giving my story an end." end. Yeah, and it was great. It was so, beautiful. It was really, really beautiful. I think really the only other place we can take this is, is we, the we very, just take it to the very end of the episode. Yeah, um, and that is we see that Harbinger has returned. We see every we see the the Paragons together. Uh, Harbinger has returned. And Marnevo is, is is <clears throat> killed by Harbinger, who is being controlled by, by the, the anti monitor. Yeah, and he just makes that one last decree to to Priya and says, "Your role here is." Well, we find out you, that you, when, it's like you know your role. You have to take care. You well, have because to do we also these pieces. we also find out too that when John made his sacrifice, it freed. Pariah from the Anti Monitor's control. Right. So he had the ability to do what he does at the end of the episode. And that is he takes the seven pariahs that we have. Paragons. Parag- Damn it. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> seven paragons, and he puts them 
in the, the vanishing, vanishing point. point. And that was such a my my jaw was on the floor, and Kat looked at me, and she's like, "Cause I was like." Oh, it's the one <laughs> yeah. place that can't be touched by time and space, and that's motherfucking brilliant. <laughs> yep, exactly. And it <clears> takes <throat> us back to, which is why we are ending now, because that's the end of season one of Legends of Tomorrow. Yep. How awesome was that? Yeah. It comes full circle for us. Not just Crisis, but for us. Yeah. And that was, it's a beautiful thing. And now, there is one more thing that happens. Well, we do see Earth-1. After that final moment for Pariah, Earth-1 is destroyed by the wave of Anti-Monitor being controlled by Harbinger at that point in time. And the Pariahs are the Paragons, as well as Iris, Ralph, Cisco, Caitlin, uh, Superman, Lois. There's a number of people still left, but everybody who was on the Wave Rider are literally all that is left in the moment. Well, no. We even see the Wave Riders destroyed. But that's after Pariah sends the Paragons right, away. Right. Yes. But I'm saying is, like I said, the only people that are left by the end of this episode are, are the, the Paragons, Paragons. The seven Paragons. And at this point in time, those seven Paragons are Flash. And bear in mind, Earth One Flash, yes. Barry Allen. We have... Kara. Kara. We have... Kate. Kate Kane, Batwoman. We have Kingdom Come Superman. We have Ryan Choi. Ryan Choi, so that is five. Sarah Lance, and then oh my God, who was our last <laughs> I don't one? No, who? Oh my God, who was the last one? Oh, um, John, John Jones, yes, Martian Manhunter, Martian Manhunter, yes, he is our last one. And that is it. And then in this final moment, while they're <laughs> in the vanishing, uh, vanishing point, Kingdom Come Superman starts to glow, glow with the red light of the antimatter, right. Yeah, because... More and more and more. And then he disappears. And who appears in his place? Lex, Lex Luthor. <laughs> and it was this it was this great moment. It was like, so what do we do now? Well, but because it's funny, too. Like, you know, they ask him how he did it. And he said, you know, when I looked in the Book of Destiny, I saw that you were going to be stranded on the vanishing point, And I thought that was better than this. And I always get him like, we all have a part to play. And I'm like, was his part to play really just to help them find that paragon? Or was it this? I, th- I, I mean, was it to get them out of the vanishing point? I don't know because... And I think he, that's what it is. We find out that Lex was actually able to rewrite the Book of Destiny. Yeah. And the curious thing about it is, too, is that book that he's reading, that bookmark that he pulls out with that page of the Book of Destiny, we find out that after they, 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 they stop him... They retrieve the Book of Destiny back, and he's back in the holding cell reading that book. That bookmark was in there the whole Old time. time. But you he know knew this was coming. And honestly, I love the fact that it was the most Lex Luthor move we've yes. ever seen. <laughs> it in, was. In any version of any live-action Lex mo- moment. Yeah. It was the best Lex Luthor moment we've ever seen. And I think, and it wasn't a real estate scheme, so good on you, CW. <laughs> and you know what's funny, too, is in your question about whether or not this is the role that he had to play, I don't think it was. I think this is a total Lex move that he did. I agree own. with you. I really, really agree with you. Yep. And honestly, man, what a way to leave us hanging until January 14th. Yes. And that's that's the day. This all whole thing wraps up. Now, it is very interesting to note, too, there is one other person who is still alive. We have eight people who are still alive, and that's Oliver. Oliver well, is in purgatory. He was not on an earth to right. be destroyed. Yeah. So he could very well come into play. Well, I mean, beyond that, though, no, too, we know four. Harbinger and Pariah 
are going to still be around through all of this. Well, based Har- no, of, Harbinger disappears on the well, Wave Rider. Oh, well, no, I'm saying based off of Crisis on Infinite Earths, those are the only other two people that we know still exist because they can function and exist outside of the Earths. Okay. So, and obviously the Anti-Monitor. So we have a total of 11, Ten, well, 11 with the Anti-Monitor. Oh, yeah. Yes. So, so there's not a lot of people left. So no, it's not it's, at all. It's going to be very interesting. Yep. But I, I will say... This has beyond exceeded my expectations of Absolutely. what this could be. Absolutely. And um, I know we, again, I'm, I'm going to something you haven't seen yet, but Guggenheim has said that in parts four and five, there are more surprises and there are cameos we have not even seen yet. And cameos they haven't even shot yet. Yes. Because apparently there is still a major announcement they have yet to make that they were supposed to make before Crisis started. And it has been pushed to January. Well, not even that. But what's even more exciting is the fact that the person that helped write episode four, it's George Perez himself. Really? The man who wrote crisis on infinite earths because we're going to get and we know this because even guggenheim has stated this episode four starts with a secret origin of the monitor and the monitor yep which is awesome they go back to the dawn of time and we know that is has been written in comic books at this point in time that story has been told we and it is that story but the fact for the script the and fact that, that George has been Perez, shot too. Right. And yeah. the fact that George Perez is the one that wrote that with Mark Guggenheim is really something special. Yeah. It's really special. Yeah. That they they uh they they I know that part's already been shot too, because there's been clips. There's yeah. been photos of that out there. All right. So we've talked about everything. We're about two hours into this episode. I think you said we have some voicemails we need to listen we to. We do, yeah. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to, because we're going to cut this into the episode, I'm going to pause our recording so you and I can hear those voicemails. You guys will all hear these as they're happening. Yes. This is us going to be pausing our recording so we can respond to the statements made by people. Uh, we'll come back, tell you a little bit, pause again, hear the next, so yeah. on and so forth. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then we're going to wrap up and then after that, we're going to say our goodbye for today. And then we'll talk to you guys. In January. In January. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and pause the episode in just a second here. <laughs> and that means now. Hello, DC Primetime. This is Steve. And uh, I have to admit, I have not watched any of the CW shows. I think I watched uh, the first season of Arrow and maybe a little bit of season two. But I'm not. Uh, it was so long ago, I don't remember. But watching these episodes these uh, three episodes was really really great there was there was enough stuff for someone like me who hasn't really been keeping up with it uh or at all uh there was enough information that i i, I got it i mean there were a few things i was a little confused about but for the most part i, I really enjoyed it i loved the line i can't remember which character said it to which but i, I think it uh, with Supergirl said, uh, referring to one of the new characters, oh, it's his first crossover. And uh, as I watched that, I said, it's mine too. Um, but I, I did get a little confused with the whole Barry Allen, Barry Allen, Flash, Flash thing there at the end of the Flash episode. I got I got confused about the two of them because, I mean, I know they look different, but still. Uh, that, and uh, I had a few questions that I'm going to pose to my podcast partner, on this network, on this network, when we podcast about these episodes, but for the most part, I, I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to 
seeing the next two episodes in January and rewatching these three before I, I podcast about them. I, uh, again, some really great stuff and there were a few things that really, I think the one thing that I got that I was proud of myself was as soon as he was talking about the Batman and, and, uh, I think it was the monitor said, uh, it's the, the future of the bat is the person who's the paragon of, uh, courage, is it courage. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, well, she's standing right there. That's the future of Batman. So I, it was really cool when that was revealed. And, uh, so can't wait to hear your podcast about it. Bye. Oh, and one more thing. I absolutely, I was a huge Smallville fan. So it was great seeing Tom Welling. And even though we heard him say, uh, I gave up my powers and all that, but seeing him and Erica Durance was uh, just wonderful. All right. Bye. Uh, yeah. So that voicemail was from Steve Brown and interesting. Steve's actually part of the next level network team and uh, Mark Kirkman do the, uh, the panels to pixels podcast. So, but it was good knowing, you know, getting from a point of view of somebody like him who hasn't been following Arrowverse as much. He said he was a little confused by the whole flash and flash thing, probably because he's a little behind. He's so far behind that He probably didn't realize earth 90 flash came back into it in the crossover last year. But, you know, if he was still able to follow along, even... It's a good testament to yeah. the writers for this crossover. And I think that's fantastic. So, Steve, yeah, I, I, we can we can agree with you that all of those moments were really fantastic. And, yes, the, the, have even for somebody that was, again, myself, not somebody that followed Smallville, um, it was exciting to see Tom Welling. So that was really fantastic. So we're really happy that you're enjoying this and you're able to follow along and be able to enjoy this classic reinterpretation of a DC classic story. Yeah. So with that, let's go ahead and move to our next call. Which, funny enough, is actually Mark Kirkman, his podcasting partner. Perfect. Hi, Rob. Hi, Ben. Congratulations on issue 199 of DC Primetime. Awesome. Now it's on crisis. Mark Kirkman here, just saying I love your podcasts, obviously, and I love what you guys are doing. I love the actual crisis episodes. They're amazing. We got Burt Ward as Robin. Amazing. We got Knox back from... 89 Batman, amazing, awesome. I love the cameos that's going on. Especially, I felt gypped a little bit with uh, Brandon Routh on uh, one of the episodes because he's gone, and I wanted to see more Brandon Routh as Kingdom Come Superman. Same thing with Kevin Conroy. Oh my God, I wanted more, I wanted more. So, but obviously uh, it, it is a crisis and we have to lose people. Unfortunately, you know, that's how crisis works. And since I read the comic book as a kid in the 80s when it came out, when this came out, I knew that CW had to do what they had to do as far as what they had, as far as uh, key characters and everything. I love it. And I love the idea of what they're doing. Uh, the one breaking heart moment I had honestly, was John Wesley Ship. Why did that Flash have to go? But, honestly, it, it gave John a, a way to leave. 
and show a legacy of what he has done, especially when what he had done in the 90s with that, uh, what, it was only one season of Flash. So, honestly, it was great. I loved it. I love the show, and I love where it's going. I love the characters, and... Yeah, we're going to lose people along the way, and I know there are a lot of people out there going, no, 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 but honestly, that's how Crisis is. So we're going to get a lot of things going on within this, and I look forward to your thoughts. I'm just loving the actual Crisis episodes. Love Tom Welling coming back as Clark, and Clark dropping his powers, so he could have a family with Lois. That was amazing. Uh, I was really hoping for Dean Kane to come back and Terry Hatcher as Lois and Clark, but I don't know if that was in the cards or not. I knew that they reached out to Nicolas Cage for the Tim Burton Superman, and that didn't happen. So, <laughs> uh, it would have been amazing if that happened, but even if just a voice or a character or just uh, a voice coming out would have been amazing, even if uh, Nick Cage could do it. But keep doing what you guys are doing. I love what I'm hearing. I love your thoughts. I'm loving the actual crisis, and I can't wait for it to come back. Oh, my God. And the Kevin Smith crisis aftermath. Oof. I love those. So keep podcasting, and I'll keep listening. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much, Mark, on that one. Um, we will keep podcasting at least for two more episodes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, we, we 100% agree and understand exactly all where where you stand. Yes, we would have loved more Kevin Conroy. We would have loved more Tom Welling. We would have loved more Brandon Routh as Kingdom Come Superman. We would have loved even more John Wesley Ship as, you know, 90s Flash. But you know what? Again, they gave him such a great moment to end that whole story on, which was wonderful. And... Yeah, we we could still see Terry Hatcher. We could still see Dean Cain. Yeah, I, like I said, you know, from Aftermath, we found out from Guggenheim, there's still more cameos to come. So, yeah. you know, and you know, like you said, Mark, more people have to guy, more people have to go. Um, I think we've lost pretty much everybody. We're going to lose. At this well, point. yeah, I mean, like we're down as we just put it down to the last. We're down 11 to eleven people in the multiverse. So, so yeah, it's. Again, we know the worlds have to come back because some of these stories have to continue. Yeah, Titans has to continue. Black Lightning has to continue. These, right? You know, again, and I think it's going to be a combination of both. Some worlds will survive, and others will be gone forever. And it's, right, you know, we're right there with you. But yeah, it's been amazingly excited. All right, um, we, we have one more. We've uh, got one more to go, uh, and this is from our uh, listener uh, Billy Taylor. All right, and we'll go on to Billy. Hey, DZ Primetime, it's fan and friend of the show, Billy Taylor here. Um, I just thought I would take a second and weigh in with some of my thoughts about the crisis on Infinite Earth's first three episodes, and holy moly, it's awesome. I I can't even explain how awesome this is to me. Uh, the, the comic is one of my favorite storylines of all time, and then to finally see a version of it on screen, live action, with actors that I love, portraying characters that I love. I it's just it's just awesome and I'm so happy that it's happened in my lifetime. What a time to be a nerd, right guys? Um anyway, I just thought I'd mention some of the things that I loved about it so far. Um one of my all-time 
favorite shows ever, like probably my all-time favorite show was Smallville. So my absolute favorite moment was definitely seeing Tom Welling back on the farm. Um, and at first, the way it ended, him not having the powers anymore, him not donning the suit. At first, I was a little bummed out because, man, how awesome would it have been to see Tom in that suit, taking flight, fighting the good fight. But when I really thought about it longer and longer, it made sense that him just having a normal life with a family, with his kids, with the love of his life, it just made it just made sense. And how happy that character must be suddenly made me feel okay with it. It made me happy for him. Now, that's not to say if for some reason parts four and five come back and we see Tom in a suit for some reason whatsoever, I'm not saying that's not, not going to make me happy. I'm just saying I was I was happy and was able to accept his ending. Um, and then when he punched Lex in the face, that was pretty awesome. Um, let's see, what else did I love? Kevin Conroy as Batman. Now, I was a little bummed out that he was kind of a an evil version, like a not not maybe not evil, but a a an uncaring, grizzled old version. I don't know. Like, I was a little sad about that because I wanted to see him take action as well, but. Again, just getting to see him as a live-action Bruce Wayne was amazing. Um, little side note, I have four kids, and we watch Batman the Animated Series all the time. And the moment that Kevin walked down the stairs, my kids were in the room with me, and he says his first line, which was, I'm probably saying the wrong thing, but it was something along the lines of, I didn't know we invited guests or something like that. And my little three-year-old daughter turns around with having no idea what I'm watching really and says, I am Batman. <laughs> and in that moment, I felt like the proudest nerd dad on the planet. My job here is almost done. <laughs> anyway, Kevin, live action Batman was so awesome. I really hope something works out that we see him again as a version of Bruce in the Batwoman show, I don't know, that would be so cool. And also, I cannot even express how awesome it was to see Brandon Routh back in the suit as the Richard Donner version of Superman, and also the Kingdom Come version of Superman. Um, that was so amazing. I really wish Brandon had more chances to don the suit again. Um, his portrayal is wonderful. The Superman Returns may not have been everyone's favorite movie, but I love it. Superman is my all-time favorite character. Um, I have, That movie has a special place in my heart, and Brandon just kills that role. He is amazing. So seeing him as that Superman, once again, was fantastic. Um, and all these other things we got to see. We got to see the Titans on there. We got to see Burt Ward's Robin on there. We got to see the Huntress. We got to see so many amazing cameos, some I can't even think of right now, and I am just so excited to think about what may be coming when we get episodes four and five. Um, it sounds like they haven't told us all their little secrets and tricks they have up their sleeves, so I cannot wait to see what's left when it comes back in January. Um, I don't want to monopolize all this time, so I want to say thanks to you guys for doing the show. I love your podcast. It makes my commute to work way more tolerable, and um, you guys are great. Um, listening to it feels like having a conversation with friends, even though I've never spoken to you guys ever. Um, anyway, thanks for the show. Keep them coming. Uh, best of luck to everything that's to come, and I cannot wait to hear the next episode. Talk to you later, guys. 
Well, Billy, we're really, really sorry that your commute to work is going to be a lot worse coming up soon. Um, but, I feel yeah. bad because that's like that's a couple of feedbacks now that we've gotten people like tell us to keep the podcast coming, and we're like. Oh, oh man! I was like, I hate to break it to you, <laughs> but we already broke it to you, so I actually yeah. don't feel bad anymore. Um, but no, uh, so just a, a couple points on your your statement. So, um, not an evil version of Batman, a dick version of Batman. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, also, secondly, um, man, you're a horrible father for allowing your children to watch that version of Batman through the animated series. Because man, that's a uh, that's pretty intense. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. You're no, not a horrible no, father. No, we, uh, we know that. We yeah. give you we we give you the DC Primetime Father of the Year award. <laughs> yes. Um. Uh, to just to the fact that you're raising your children on Batman the animated series. Agreed. And, and honestly, this is a this is a message to our good friend Chad. Um. I know we know you're a father as well. So you and Billy have to fight to the death. So. <laughs> so good luck to the winner two gets of you. the award yeah. of the DC Father of the Year. Yeah. Yeah. DC so Primetime Father of the, the Year. The winner wins absolutely nothing <laughs> so props uh, or actually you know what here the winner wins one of our unmade hockey jerseys <laughs> that never came God. out way to bring them up and towards the end of the show hey i am not going back through the process of going working with the people at awayo over and over and over to get a better resolution version of our yeah. logos uh as much as i would love to do it i will not do it no, <laughs> so i agree with you it was we were really excited about those jerseys, but we were. you're right. The process was just... It was it was intense, and I would have loved to have done it, and I can still do it if I wanted to, but we're ending the podcast, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, when it came to like way you asking for like the... the the um the higher resolution of the logo we were like well what do you want from us like oh, we no. sent you I, uh, no. high resolution oh, no, no, no no it had to be high dpi that's a oh, different okay thing. so right. high dpi versus high resolution yeah. but yeah no billy thank you guys thank you so much it, it means a lot to us to know that it's not just the people that are responding on comments on a facebook thread um that we've reached out to and touched and made them feel like friends and we want to remind you that Ben and I still do other podcasts. Yes. Um, so even though that DC Primetime is ending, you can definitely still go to Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods. You can still go to uh, the other 9,000 shows that Ben does and hosts. <laughs> I do. I, well, I do the spot. I do the, the Spotlight, which is the interview podcast, right. the Lost podcast with right. my friend Kristen. But again, you and I are going to be doing another project we, we have a, next we year. We have a brand so. new show that's going to be coming out. Um, seriously, though, like if you want to hear more of Ben and I, Pretty pretty consistently monthly. Ben's on probably I would say about ninety percent yeah. of Caffeine Crew. Caffeine Crew Cast um, Pods is the way to go. They're really fun. Just a reminder: um, if you want to continue to be the best at, and make sure your children don't listen to Caffeine Crew Cast Pods. <laughs> yes, that's um, a good idea. So, uh, but yeah, no, dude, we we can tell you one hundred percent. We are just as equally as excited. Um, to to bring you more of still the, afraid of the dark uh, of, might be a good one for him yeah, and his no, kids because you know that's a family friendly one so. yeah but we're we're excited to bring you the final episodes of the show and for you to check out some of the other shows that we do because again we love doing this stuff um, and again the reason again purely that we're ending this is because we want to go out. The same kind note. of excitement as you guys all just did that you just heard from. Hey, man, the fact that we just spent almost two and a half hours geeking out about Crisis at one o'clock in the morning up until, what is it, almost... Now it's, it's three it's quarter, Yeah, it's quarter after three, shows you the excitement and the dedication we had to talk about Crisis. Yeah, and honestly, like I said, we're still just as excited. We could probably go easily another two hours Yeah, uh, if we wanted to, but we, we we're don't because tired. We're, we're tired. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're both pretty damn tired. It's it's really late at this point. So we're going to wrap up here. 
And the final question I have for you, Ben, is mm-hmm. what is your final hope and what is your final prediction for parts four oh, and five Jesus. of Crisis on Infinite uh, You know what? I, after, after episode one, I was just along for the ride for, one, for two and three, and I wasn't disappointed in the least. If I had to make a prediction, like, I really can't wait to see... And I have a feeling that something we're going to get is literally Spectre versus Anti-Monitor come episode five. Uh, I, I really can't wait to see that happen. I, I'm really looking forward to what these cameos are going to be. Uh, I still, there's a part of me, I don't think it'll ever happen. But I, I, there's a small part of me that still hopes maybe Rosenbaum is going to pop up as another version of the President Luther. You know, maybe if just seeing some of these Earths come back to form and we kind of get these small glimpses of these Earths coming back, maybe we'll see, we'll get a return to Earth 1, one what did I say? 167. Earth 167, and rather than see Tom Welling, we'll see President Luther, you know? And I have a feeling that's probably where a lot of these cameos are going to come in is when these Earths are coming back. When the Earth re- Earths return. Because otherwise, when are we going to get... We're down to the last 11 people in the multiverse. There's no room for cameos at this point. Yeah. So I think I think it's when we, we're starting to see a lot of these Earths return, or some of these Earths return at least, maybe that's when we're going to get some of these last-minute cameos. Um, yeah, again, I'm, I'm along for the ride, but yeah. uh, my hope... And it's a it's a stretch, and I know it's a stretch. And the likelihood is slim. Um, so I'll, I'll start on the low bar. I think we're going to see Kevin Smith in Crisis. <laughs> that would be fun. I think we're going to see him as one of the people in one of the Earths, kind of like we saw Will Wheaton. Yeah, uh, I think we'll see fun. him in a role like that just for fun. I think. Can I can I guess what one of your other predictions is going to be? Go ahead. Uh, I think you you still heavily you still have this feeling that Diggle's become going to wear a ring. Well, I, I definitely think that's still going to happen. Okay. My big get, though, is we're going to see Keaton. Ooh, that would be... Oh, God, dude, that would be fantastic. My my big hope is that we're going to see Keaton. But if we don't see Keaton, we're going to see Terry McGinnis. You think? I think it could happen. Okay. I think we might see Terry McGinnis. Um, How would that work, though? Because Terry McGinnis is a future. We saw a future. We already we already saw the future. We saw twenty forty six. That's in this. true. So and we have a wave rider. That's so, also true. Anything is possible. Yep. Um, Indeed. But I'm I'm really pumped. And you're right. I, I think we're going to see a really awesome knockdown drag out fight yeah. between the anti monitor and the, the specter. Yep. And it's going to be cool. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be really cool. And it's going to be one of the final three episodes of Arrow. Yeah. And that's awesome. And yep. uh, it's going to be great. And I can't wait to see it. We're gonna see. We're gonna see the the last. You know, we're gonna see the last part of Crisis. We're gonna see the lead into Green Arrow and the Canaries, which will most likely be Mia, William, and well, then returning to the future. We know that's not in this. That's in things to come. That's in a couple episodes. Well, that's what I mean. That's yeah, uh, right. we're talking about the final three episodes of right, Arrow, right, right. and then we'll get the goodbye, which is fate. Which is funny and kind of wonderful that we're not gonna be around for the end of Arrow <laughs> to talk about it. And well, everybody's like, "Where are you ending with that?" Well. Haha. <laughs> it's better to end with crisis. Right. No, yeah. that's true. And everybody's like, well, that's the that's the the Spider-Man, you know, far from home epilogue of the Marvel, you know, MCU. And I'm like, that's nice. Yeah. We're, we, we we're ending that. We're ending it endgame rather than far from home exactly. when it comes to this. We're ending exactly. a crisis rather than the end of it. Right. So um but you know, we're we're doing no news. Um in the only podcasts. the only other news I want to make mention of too is um, done. Haha, done. Click. <laughs> We're Damn done. it! No, um, real quick. Um, 
uh, Stephen Amell and and um, Robbie and Robbie Amell's movie Code Eight has mm-hmm. been re- has released. Right, uh, and they just announced they are doing a spinoff TV show on Quibi. Mm-hmm. So, and both Stephen and Robbie are going to star. Yeah, good on. And that. I still need to. I still need to watch Code Eight. Yeah. I want to check it out. Awesome. Um, yeah. Well, with that, guys, we're going to be done and wrapped up until midway through January. Until the crisis returns. Yeah. And I think maybe we'll try to squeeze in that episode. Maybe we won't make you guys wait a full week. Maybe after that airs, give it us a day or two. Maybe we'll try to get that last part reviewed and out to you guys. But at this point in time, I think you and I both still agree. 100% new God all the way. Man. So, can we go higher than a new god for once? No. Okay. I don't want to come up with a new thing. It's okay. it's too late. <laughs> I know. All right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, with that being said, guys, obviously, since you're not hearing us again until January, have a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever it is you celebrate, a great New Year. The only recommendation I would have is rewatch Crisis. Yeah. Um, honestly, that's same for me. Thank you guys so much for constantly listening to us over the last couple of years. Just yap and yap and yap. <laughs> I'm sure you're sick of us at this point in time. And so. we're not done yet. We still got two more episodes. Two more to go. So 200 and 201 or 200.5 or whatever the hell we 200 to call it. and epilogue. Yes. I think it's going to be the epilogue. Yeah. It'll the be DC the DC primetime epilogue will be, sure. will be it. Well, again, thank you guys so much. Again, for me, happy holidays. Thank you so much. If you're looking for other things to check out in the meantime, please make sure to head over to thenextlevelnetwork.com. Uh, check out the Caffeine Crew cast of Ponds. If you guys are looking for some more geeky things, definitely check out the Batman 80-year anniversary um, from myself and Ben is on that episode. We will have a, a upcoming episode that will be coming out in just about two weeks now, right after Christmas. Spoilerful. They're very full of, full of spoilers. Yeah. That is going to be about the rise of Skywalker. So make sure to check that out. Ben will be lurking through that podcast. <laughs> you have your full cast, but I'm going to be there just in case I can squeeze on a mic. And and we'll, we'll squeeze him on a mic so you guys <laughs> can hear from him as well. But please make sure to check that out. It'll be a ton of fun. Um, we're looking forward to recording that one. Um, and we've got some people that are really diehard Star Wars fans. One person, That's why I didn't make the cut. <laughs> well, yeah. One person that knows more about Star Wars than anybody else I know. The other person spent over $1,000 to make themselves a stormtrooper. So this yeah. is why Ben didn't make the cut. <laughs> That's why I didn't make the cut. So. And it's perfectly fine. <laughs> but yeah. All right. With that, I'm going to turn it over to you so we can say goodbye. Yeah. I mean, more bigger than anything else. Again, guys, thank you so much for being a part of this DC Primetime family. Liking, commenting, subscribing. All that you guys do and have done for the past four years and hopefully continue to do up until we finally wrap this podcast. But until next time, in January, in 2020, we'll see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace. And also, good special thanks to our good friend, George Shaw. George Shaw Music.com. I should have done that before I turned that over to Ben. (laughs) It's all right. Please make sure to head over to his website, check out the things that he has done, that you've heard his (laughs) tunes over the last four years. And again, peace. Peace.